LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning! <laughs> Still trying to sound cheerful, which actually I am actually. I'm in a very good mood. It's depressing, isn't it, really, when you turn on the radio and you hear somebody in a good mood on a Monday morning when you think to yourself, it's five past four, for God's sake. Go and get a life. But uh, I had my life yesterday and Saturday. Lovely weekend. Really good weekend. Did loads of things. Uh, except on Saturday morning when... Um, was it Saturday morning I did it? Yes, it was Saturday morning. Because I'd, I'd done some tweets and I'd done some, probably some bits and pieces on Friday and it was all going quite well until Saturday morning. And don't ask me how I did it, but I was... I was in the in the bathroom over the toilet, and I don't know. I was going to say over the toilet it makes it sound like I'm in a harness or something, and uh, which I wasn't. Well, not till three o'clock in the afternoon, but that was a different story completely, and uh, that's a court case. But anyway, so I'm sort of there, and I lean over the loo, and my phone slips out of my pocket and falls into the blue-coloured water. Yes, I have blue-coloured water, and so immediately. Stick my hand in, because I have an immaculately clean toilet, believe me. I've got more more bathroom cleaning products than you could shake a stick at. So I take it out, dry it off immediately, and I make the big mistake. Because if ever you drop your phone in water, or you drop it in the toilet, or in the bath, or whatever... Why are you doing it in the bath? I don't know. But anyway, why was mine in the toilet? Don't ever turn it on. The turning it on is the thing that's going to screw it up, and it screwed mine up. But it didn't do it straight away. So what I did, I did the, I did the other wrong thing. I've got a hairdryer out, and I'm blowing cold air into all the, all the holes and the orifices that I can see, which, of course, doesn't help, because what you're doing is you're pushing the water further in. And the further in you're pushing it, the worse it's going to be. And eventually, click. Within about an hour and a half, it had gone, foot, and it had given up completely. So I then thought, right, now I'm quite lucky... I've got other iPhones because I buy my iPhones. I don't do contract. I buy my iPhones. So I own them outright. So I had a couple of spare iPhones. Unfortunately, the SIM card on my new phone is too small and doesn't fit the SIMs on the other one. So I was a bit screwed. So I phoned a friend of mine and uh, he says, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. He said, I've got a spare iPhone iOS 4. He said, we'll put your SIM card in that, but then, of course, we had to activate it, and that's where it became a problem. And so, effectively, I'm now looking at a blank phone. The other one is, is completely, completely gone, completely screwed. So I thought, well, yesterday, you know, hang the expense. I haven't bought a new phone for ages. I'll go and buy one. So we go to the Apple store in Covent Garden. Well, of course, they don't open until 12 o'clock, but I was determined to buy. Whatever happened, I was going to be buying a new phone that day. I was not going to be walking out without buying the new phone. Now, there's a queue a mile long. And to say some of the people in the queue look slightly suspect would be an understatement. I quite appreciate the fact that uh, around Covent Garden, and probably the other ones, there are lots of gangs who go in and buy phones and then sell them abroad, or sell them on eBay. And these were organised gangs. You could quite clearly see, you didn't have to be a, you know, uh, a sighted person to see exactly what was going on. They looked like the sort of people who wouldn't have had threepence to rub between them, but they've got money. They appear to be run by one man, older person. They also walk about going, you want to buy an iPhone? You want to buy an iPhone? It's like buying theatre tickets. And so there's quite clearly a lot of corruption going on. Anyway, I don't care, because the iPhone that they're buying is not the iPhone I'm buying. I'm buying this one, which is, which is the coloured ones, which, is, which I think, to be honest with you, I think they're nicer, much nicer. And so uh, it was £520. Whatever it was. I, d- I didn't really care. To be honest with you, I haven't bought a phone for a long, long time, so I thought, I have to buy it. I have to buy it, so I've got the other one. Now, because they come SIM-free... 
I've then got to go back to O2 and get them to give me a micro SIM for this one. And then we transfer the number over. Now, that's free. What you don't tell them is you've just bought the phone from, from Apple, because otherwise they'll want to know why you haven't bought it from them. So, anyway, so we go, so we buy the phone at Apple. As I'm walking out, the security guy at the door says, uh, Hi, Steve, listen to you every morning. <laughs> you know, you always get it. And so I said, Oh, good. He said, I said, I dropped my phone in the toilet. He said, Will you be talking about this tomorrow? I said, ah, too, too right. Yeah, absolutely. So he said he listens every day. So, uh, so good for him. Far too good looking to be working in Apple. But anyway, so I don't, we, so we go from there. So I've now got my phone. So we take it out of the box and we prepare it for the new SIM. So we then go into O2 and uh, we say we'd like a micro SIM um, on this number. So he literally goes onto the till. He takes, uh, he, he gives us the micro SIM card. He uh, takes my phone number. They just ask you a couple of security questions. And he said, uh, there it is. So you just put it in the phone and within... Sometimes it's instant, sometimes it takes a little while. It will download all your stuff from iCloud, because I've got iCloud. Uh, and everything's backed up. So we, then, we, we put this thing in, and it works perfectly. I've got my numbers, everything's up on there. And within about an hour, and then we, we, we delete a load of rubbish I've got on the phone. I bought the bigger one as well. This is 32 gigabytes, so I can get... I th- forget how many thousands of tracks of music I can get on there. Plus, it, I mean, it's everything. It's really... I like it, actually. But there again, I was a bit lost without the telephone before. So I've, so I've now got the thing. And in between, and the traffic was terrible in town yesterday. Really, I'm around Covent Garden. It was solid, absolutely solid. So we walked back to the car, which we parked at the top of Fleet Street. Because there's nowhere to park in London at the weekend. You've got to be really careful, really, really careful. So get in the car and it's still downloading all the stuff. So, uh, so Darren says, when you get home, plug it into the computer. Bearing in mind, it's got a different, it's a smaller little connecting wire than it was for the normal one so I'm going to disconnect that one put the new one in which is fine that's okay plug it in he says and then download all the software to the phone that it needs it's downloaded all my other stuff we update that that takes about 35 minutes and uh, he then phones me and goes is it working I go yep it's working it's fine I've got to sort out which wallpaper I want which this which that anyway he then tries to send me he said your messages aren't working and apparently there is a fault with these phones that Apple are aware of. It takes about a couple of days to clear it. And so I didn't have any messages. He couldn't send any messages to me. So we're trying this. He says, right, go on to the, uh, click onto the phone, do this. So we're doing this via the computer and via the phone. Click on this, blah, 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 blah. I said, is it working now? He said, no, it's still not working. Can't understand why it's not working. So anyway, so I then sit down. I'm in front of the television. I said, well, right, it's going to be a couple of days. I'm not, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I, I can wait a couple of days for the messages, even though it's, I do need messages for work. And um, and he then, I, I then think, oh, do you know, I'll do what I've done before on a phone. I turned it off, left it a couple of minutes, turned it on. Lo and behold, messages work. So I, I so he he then said he said the message has gone through. I said yep, and so and, and it really fast. Really fast. So I'm then texting messages backwards and forwards to people going, it's working now, don't worry. You know, not having the sort of Mary of a fit that I thought I was having before. So now everything's all singing, all dancing. So we've, we've got the new phone. I'm very happy with it. It's mine. I can't quite decide on the, uh, on the wallpaper and stuff like that, but I've got all the ringtones sorted out. And I'm very happy with it. So stressful weekend over and done with. Because it's, it's a nightmare when you don't know. I've got nobody else's phone numbers except on my phone and on my computer. 
So I, and I only I don't use home phone. I only use this phone. I don't don't bother with home phone at all. So everything's all singing, all dancing. But you want to go down there on a Sunday? I tell you, it's got to be a newspaper story. Looking at these organised groups of people who are going in buying phones. Then once they bought them, they then go and queue in another line to get the VAT back. They've all got their passports with them. Well, how many times do you think of taking your passport with you buying something? And obviously they offer it back because they're taking them out of the country. But it looks, it looks a bit too organised for me. A little bit too organised. A little bit like sort of watching the telly over the weekend and uh, watching a bit of Strictly. I watched a bit of X Factor. By God, it's crap. By God, half these people cannot sing. What's embarrassing is you've, you've got a bunch of thugs on there. Some people involved in... Uh, one was done for an affray. You know, of course, I've turned my life around. I've done... Yeah, the hell you have. Some fat... A couple of fat old birds from up north. I can't, I can't go back, you know, tell them I didn't get through. You're not through. <laughs> I laughed. You know, and then you've got Gary Barlow sitting there with... Who was he sitting? Was it Robbie Williams? Or was Robbie... Oh, no, I can't remember. Robbie Williams looking as old as the hills now. And so you've got these people singing there, and you think... But these people just going, ah, ah, ah. It's not singing. That's not singing. And they were rubbish. The standard was so abysmally low, except, um... Lulu Walsh got all the pretty boys. Did you notice that? There was a lot of hugging going on. There was a lot of kissing and, listen, I've got to send you home. And you knew the pretty one who was going to get through. I mean, you could have seen that a mile off. He was far too pretty to send anywhere. I mean, and he only worked in a bar. I thought, either that or Rent Boy. I couldn't think of anything else that he could do. But he was very pretty. He wasn't a great singer. But then I thought, that doesn't matter in this business, apparently, now. It makes no difference whether, you're, whether you can sing or whether you're tone deaf. Britney Spears has admitted in an interview today that she's not very good at singing live because some, some days she's not very good. And I thought, no, because she's a studio singer. That's why, you know, to actually hear... When I was watching, and I hate to go on to him so early in the programme, Matt Goss, but he was multi-tracked for that garbage he was singing. You know, a swing version of When Will I Be Famous? The answer is, never. Again, we hope, after that abysmal performance. It was dull in the extreme. It was just... God, there was nothing riveting about it. But anyway, we'll come back to him later, because it's far too exciting. And I did catch Peter Andre, my dismal... Sorry, my life, which he wants to share with you. And it's the same format every week. Except this week, Pete, who quite clearly is out of the loop, goes to Greece, and uh, he goes to his favourite butcher, which is closed... So quite clearly, it wasn't his favourite butcher, because he would have known, wouldn't he? But, of course, he didn't, and they didn't bother telling him, because they've got no idea who he is either. But he turns up. But the funniest bit was, twice he didn't get recognised, and this quite clearly irks him. He quite clearly gets really, really annoyed if somebody doesn't know him, and and they recognise the person he's with, which turned out to be nobody anyway. But on one particular occasion, Pete wanders onto the beach in wherever it is he's gone to. He has a villa with a pool, but uh, he misses he misses the public. And uh, Pete needs the public, because without the public, he's as boring as hell. In fact, on the beach with the public, he was boring as hell as well, I'm afraid. It was a bit disappointing. He was on the beach, and all these kids surround him. They don't know who he is at all. But he's turned up with a film crew on the beach. So, of course, kids are interested. Who is it? I don't know. Peter Andre. Who's he? No idea. Favourite person from Greece? I don't think so. He hasn't been there for ages. He just goes there for a quick holiday and a photo shoot. So he's on the beach with all these kids, and one of the kids is... is there's always the Larry kid, isn't there? Go on, sing, sing. No man, no man, goes Pete, whose every other word is man. He's 40, and he can't string two words together. He's, he seems to speak like some sort of streetwise urchin. Everything's man. Yeah, man, so don't do this, man, and all the rest of it. And they say, go on, sing, sing. And they start this chant. And Pete goes, listen, I'm just here for a bit of peace and quiet. I thought, well, you're even more stupid than you look. You get, if you're here for a piece of peace and quiet, why have you taken the film crew onto the beach? 
And the answer is because Pete's ego needed massaging. And without little people rushing around going, Who are you? Who are you? It's Peter Andre. Who are you? Did you have. Are you famous? Yeah, yeah, I'm Peter Andre. Who? I'm Peter Andre. Who? And that's where it ended. It was all a bit disappointing. So the sooner it finishes, the better. Put this dreary programme out of its misery. Matt Goss in a minute. 7.3. Nick Ferrari this morning, as Lord Sugar's Twitter joke is investigated by the police. Nick will be asking, is this a good use of police time? Quite clearly not, honestly. It's ridiculous. Do you think the police have got better things to do? I'm sure they must have. Plus, as a woman's been left fighting for her life after falling off a Routemaster bus, Nick will be asking, are these buses as safe as they could be? Didn't Nick champion the Routemasters? Are the Routemasters the one with the open bit at the back? Oh, I like them. I like them a lot. But I can understand how somebody could fall off. I could understand, you know, the idea is to get them inside as quick as possible. Because the, the conductor was used to hang on to both sides to make sure that you didn't fall off. And also, why are people with mental health issues so badly treated by the police? Looking at the papers today, George Pascoe Watson, former political editor at The Sun and now partner at Portland Communications. Uh, so the Alan Sugar... I don't even know what the Alan Sugar Twitter joke was, to be quite honest. But it seems now you can't say anything, can you, without somebody jumping up and down and getting their knickers in a twist. So prepare to get your knickers in a twist on this programme this morning, because we're taking no prisoners. So, anyway, so having seen poor old Peter Andre's dreary... I just felt sorry for him that... He lives in this little Peter Andre bubble. He doesn't seem to understand anything that's outside it. He seems to think, because he travels around with the film crew, that he's important. The programme's dire. Dire, dire, dire. You know, and to stand on the beach and, you know, and the kids say sing, he couldn't even sing. Because he'd have sung one of his hits, they wouldn't have recognised it. He's only had material girl, hasn't he? An insania. Brought out some naff perfume. And uh, and it comes in a pink box. That's all I can tell you. It's all a bit, it's all a bit dreary. I'm afraid. You know, find somebody else. Find somebody else who does something with their life. It's it's bad enough for poor Mark Wright. He can't get arrested for love nor money. The best they can get from him in the papers is a picture of him going out for something to eat in Essex. Dear God. Very soon there'll be two of them unemployed. Michelle Keegan and him. Anyway, on to Matt Goss. Now Matt Goss. Oh, before I before I forget, a lot of people advised me on the telephone. Put it into rice. Well, you know, unless you live in one of the sort of households who keeps rice in. I'm sorry, I don't keep rice in just for putting a phone in. I'm never everything so ridiculous. You know, I have Uncle Ben's, but if you think I'm wasting savoury mushroom rice, you've got another thing coming, which starts off damp anyway. So you've got to put it in rice, it draws out. Listen, I'd, I'm rich enough to go and buy another phone. I haven't bought anything for ages, so I look at it. It's a bit of a treat. It's my Christmas present. Uh, but everybody's saying the same thing. You know, put it in rice, put it in rice. And uh, that's great. You know, but it, which is fantastic, you know, if you like it. If you like putting your phone in rice. But I frankly didn't have the time. I wasn't, I wasn't remotely bothered. I've had it for a long while. I was thinking about changing it. And I don't have the fingerprint scanner. Who needs that? Who needs... I mean, honestly, it really is. That is just taking it too far, I'm afraid. So, uh, I don't. 84850. Was it half marathon day yesterday? Says Marcus in Greenwich. Unfortunately, I, you know, I, I didn't... I didn't see anybody running. Half marathon. Where were they running? They weren't running through the streets of London. Might have been running down your neck of the woods, pal, but nothing around London at all. I went to Regent's Park in the morning. There was a little run through there, but there was no half. I didn't see anybody doing a half marathon. Gary Barlow was Ollie Murs. Oh, right. Do you notice, notice Nicole Scherzinger apparently is a judge in this thing? What was she part of? The Pussycat Dolls. Do you think they ever sang live? Once. It was it was disastrous. Absolutely disastrous. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Let's just clear up a few of these uh, very quickly. A lot of people saying, you know, 
Put it into rice, put it into rice. Yeah, right. And then somebody says, open the phone, remove SIM in the battery and all the remove it, then blow dry. OK, just go and buy another phone. I can't be bothered to faff around with something like that. I really can't. Um, <clears throat> another one here, which says, uh, my newish phone fell in the loo last week. I was lost without it, but after four days of drying it, it's now functioning completely normally. Saved myself a fortune. Oh, I don't care. Oh, I don't care about that. I don't care about sort of what... I don't want to wait four... I can't wait four days. I've got interviews every day this week. I've got, uh, I've got things to do. People need to contact me. So the last thing that I can do is wait four days for the phone to come back to life. So go and buy another one. I'm back on again immediately. Uh, Julie went the other day. On Saturday, she went to see Birds of a Feather. This is the first episode being recorded at the London studios. Great. Three hours it took, apparently. Three hours. That, to me, is far too long to be leaving people sitting there. But it's, it's going to be a treat. Linda Robson, Pauline Quirt, Leslie Joseph, all slipping back into character easily. And it's like they'd never been away for 15 years. The audience warm-up man was Ted Robbins. He does most of the warm-ups now, doesn't he? He really does. I also met a fellow Steve Allen fan, Alan from Chigwell, who was also at the recordings. We had a good chat. Three hours, but well worth it. We saw Matt Willis and Pauline Quirk's real-life son, Charlie, who also appears in the series. Can't wait to see it. If the writing's as good as it was first time round, it should be, should be brilliant. Um, apparently, we've heard a lot recently about celebs who've fallen on hard times. These days, reality TV acts is a kind of safety net for them. Effectively, says Ian, it's like a modern-day equivalent of the workhouse. Uh, have you seen a couple of them? Have you seen a couple of the old drearies this week? In fact, there was one great bit, which I think the Daily Star printed, and uh, they were saying that uh, Amy Childs for she is a child, uh, is, uh, is thinking of going back to The Only Way is Essex uh, on the producer's terms. She thinks it's on her terms because uh, Amy Childs has fallen off the radar. She can't get arrested now. Business is not doing very well. She's uh, in danger, say the Daily Star, of becoming a Z-list celebrity. I was thinking she'd fallen lower than that. And so they'll put her back on the programme, but they were saying, oh, she'll want it on her terms. I thought, but she's not intelligent enough to do anything on her terms. She's just a silly little Essex girl who's sort of got very lucky with a really good agent, and they've made what little they can out of, uh, you know, a silk purse out of a sow's ear. That's the best that they're ever going to get, I'm afraid. So if she goes back into it again, that really will be going backwards. Denise Welsh left loose women. I think truth of the matter is they didn't want her. They put Colleen Nolan back on there. Big mistake. Big mistake. The fat bird sitting there who knows nothing about anything. So low rent. So you can't put her on it. Kay Adams will wipe the floor with her. Fantastic. Uh, Mike says, I'm very disappointed with the X Factor. Waste of airtime. Robbie Williams was uh, alongside Sharon Osbourne. The show this year is a disgrace. Louis got rid of the best singer in the group. Talentless morons. Pretty boys, I'm afraid. That's what it comes down to. It comes to, At the moment, they've actually put all the fat birds on. They put them through. One was a truck driver. One of them can't, can't, can't cope because she's been dropped and it's a dream. There's a couple of thugs on there as well. People with slight convictions, which I'm not over keen on, which I'll come round to later. And, uh, and the rest of it is tone-deaf judges because they've got to make the best of what they've got. It'll end up being one of the pretty boys. They'll end up thinking, perhaps we'll make a group out of you. One has, one has come back from, he had a bit of, a, bit of a, an incident with the police, shall we say. I said, about to bring him back on again. But really, I mean, most of them can't sing for toffee. And that's why you've never heard of half of them before. Some of them apparently are working around the Midlands. Best place for them. Um, and then we came round to Matt Goss. The much-hailed Matt Goss, who came over here to do three nights, I believe, at the Café de Paris, uh, which is a huge venue in London. Not. It's tiny. 
I played bigger in my bathroom. But anyway, so Matt comes over with this big Las Vegas show. Unfortunately, Matt doesn't do a big Las Vegas show. What he does, he has a band on stage, which is at Caesars Palace. He's been there four years now. He still can't get arrested. And his trademark hat, which is looks like it doesn't fit, to be honest with you, apparently has the brim up. Like, you know, like we care. I've never seen anybody who sings indoors with a hat on. We had somebody on, was it Come Dine With Me, wearing a hat indoors. That, that kind of freaked me out a little bit. So Matt Goss comes on, and they don't, they don't put him on the Strictly programme. They put him on the extra bit. That's where they've cleared the studio, everybody's disappeared, and they put up a big flashing sign that says Matt Goss, which I'm assuming they've made out of cheap light bulbs. And so they put that up there, and they try and make something out of him. So he comes on, you know, it's, it's, it's a big band kind of sound, and he's got some sort of dancers... And uh, but they are best suited to the Gossy Room over in Las Vegas, which is where he plays two nights a week. What he does the rest of the time, I've got no idea. But uh, he plays Big Star. He plays Big Star. The ego is huge. And he does two nights in a room that seats 165 people. I've played Radlet. It's 300. I can sell that one out like that. Easy peasy. Matt Goss has trouble filling the thing. Because... Based on his performance, and this is, this is in no way critical, this is constructive criticism, he was multi-tracked, because at one point he appeared to be singing with himself, and I thought, that sounds a bit strange. He can't dance, he appears to have no sense of rhythm whatsoever. Even walking back up to the stage, the girls were all doing it in time to the music. He appeared not to be hearing the music at all. He sang that dreary song, When Will I Be Famous? Asking that same old question, which we've been asking for years. The answer is, never. He finished broke. They all do it, don't they? They all finish broke. They all go, you know, I think one of them wrote a book or two of them. I don't know, somebody wrote a book about it. It's called I Owe You Nothing, where they had a manager who bought them leather coats and everything. They thought they had loads of money, and, of course, they just spent it all, and they ended up with nothing, absolutely nothing, flat broke. The only one who did well out of it was the bloke who went on to sort of run EMI and do very well, Craig. Uh, the t- two boys didn't do anything at all, I'm afraid. They lost everything. And uh, so Matt then sort of disappears to America, comes back here thinking he's going to resurrect a career. And based on that singing, I'm afraid, I suddenly realised what a boring song, When Will I Be Famous is. Even the producer went, it's the same line repeated over and over again. It is. When will I, will I be famous? I got no answer. Da, 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 da. When will I, will I be famous? When I see myself in the... When will I... And so it goes on. And it was even dreary when they slowed it down. At least when it was fast, you know they were going to get through it quicker. When they slow it down, you had to suffer with Matt Goss, who sat there wearing, as Pat says to me, a suit that clearly didn't fit. I know. But also there was no... There was no personality. There was no selling of the song. And apparently viewers were very undecided. As somebody said on one of the websites, what next? Right said Fred. Yes, I know. Just imagine they have to suffer with this over him. They don't know who he is. They've got no idea, the Americans, because they didn't do, didn't do very well, I don't think, in American bros. But you can't... He's 42 now. He's 42. Somebody's obviously invested some money. Why? I've got no idea. He's a, he's a very, very average lounge singer. And I mean very average. And that's being kind. You could hear on this one, his voice was not up to it. Probably multi-tracked in Vegas with you know, a big booming bass. It probably sounds great. With the harsh reality of television, where you hear the voice, that's why it was multi-track, to try and make it sound bigger, it was feeble. It was not good, I'm afraid. Unless, of course, you thought differently. In which case, we'd love to hear from you. Steve at lbc.co.uk, 84850. Still to come, guess who's bringing out a fitness DVD at Christmas? You know, no, not me, not me. It's a thought, it's a thought. No, somebody's bringing one out. And you know she's bringing one out, 
because she's allowed pictures in the paper of her looking all fat and bloated. Yes, that well-known talentless old hag, Chantelle. Fantastic. It's LBC, 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. I'd call him a rent boy. said he could have been a rent boy. You know, when you're very pretty like that and your singing voice ain't too hot. 27 minutes to five. 28 minutes to five. Uh, Alan says, Bross set the standard we have to suffer today. I can remember, though. Come on, put your hands up. You must remember when Bross were big and they sold 20... Come on. You do remember them when they were big. They sold 20 million albums. I know you can't remember any of them. And I only remember four hit singles. Well, actually, I remember Drop the Boy. When Will I Be Famous? That's it. I can't remember anything else. There was another one, wasn't there? There was about five. Five hits? They, they sold 20 million albums. But the reason they sold them, they weren't great singers. They were just two pretty little boys from Chertsey and a drummer. And, and that was it. And I remember them turning up on the Wogan show and they were, they were sort of revelling in being... Po- they were playing pop stars. That was it. They were playing pop stars. But the funny thing was that Matt Goss the other day said he wouldn't rule out a reunion. of Who's going to go and see them? You know, we've seen him now. He's older. You know, they did this when they were 18, 19, 20. He's now 42. Luke won't want to get back together, but apparently he's seen Craig. Oh, dreadful. Um, Steve, you found, as you said, solid traffic because of the half marathon uh, through the London parks, therefore the Victorian Embankment. Well, it wasn't where I was. I was down the Strand. There was no people running or anything like that. Westminster Bridge? No, I wasn't down that end of the time. So uh, that's why. That's why. Uh, Sue says, Chantelle, I felt sorry for her. Now I know she's totally fake. Well, we all know she's fake. She was, th- that's what she, that's the whole basis of Chantelle. That's the dreary one who goes out with men who cross-dress. As she found out afterwards, he had a, oh, all sorts of things. She sold every aspect of her dreary life. She got married to silly little Preston. The silly little bloke who, I wish they'd, is that bit on, that must be on YouTube, Preston, who was on, never mind the Buzzcocks, is it? Where, was it Simon... Amstel started reading out quotes from her book and he sat there, little Preston, a man with an ego bigger than his shoe size, who has disappeared completely now, probably sacking shelves somewhere. But anyway, and Simon started reading out quotes from her book and he sat there and then he got up and walked off. Silly little girl, silly little girl. And then his career finished and that was it. Uh, But Chantel wrote a book, she ended up with a house, she got herself up the duff, she's got a baby and uh, now she's got this... Flab. So she's in America, right, running along a beach, because over here they'd go, set up, but over in America they don't know who she is. And she's wearing a bikini with all this flab, and you know that there's going to be a fitness DVD out for the new year. You know it. I'm prepared to put a pound on. I'm that confident that it's so... Don't buy it. Don't waste your money. They really don't waste your money. I just thought, you know, I'd tell you that now. Malcolm says one of the lads on The X Factor said he hadn't washed his hair for nine months. Yes, that's the one who's got the little dreadlocks, the little white boy who's... Average singer. They're very average singers. They're not... There is nobody, but as Gary Barlow will probably tell you, you can make anybody sound like anything in a studio. If Britney Spears can get a career out of not being able to sing, it's not bad, is it? The Pussycat Dolls were nothing short of dreadful years and years ago. Um, another one here, which says, I used to be a technician at Apple for my sins. Oh, I don't know. I think they're a very good company. I think they're a good brand. I mean, tremendous brand. One of the best brands I think you can go for. He says, people always bragged about how they put their wet f- phone in rice. I know, because I always carry a cupboard full of rice to put my phone in. 
Everything's so stupid. He said, uh, anyway, it started working. They were always back a couple of days later when they realised the insides were fried. What colour do you go for? I think it's called sky blue or something like that. I quite liked it. I wasn't quite sure which one to go for. I like it. I like it very much. It's got all the uh, all the, the things that I like about a telephone. Oh, look. Uh, <laughs> um, Lee Baldry says, uh, look at my... Tw- oh, wait a minute. Phone. Look at my uh, tweet today. He's done a tweet today, Lee. He's probably just finished work, I should imagine. And um, he says, I Instagrammed... Wait a minute. Uh, look at my tweet today regarding X Factor. According to Dermot at the judges' houses, they have one song, but Sharon's girl Lorna was singing a completely different song on the following Extra Factor. Epic editing fail. He says, I Instagrammed the video clips. Thank you, Lee. I love stuff like that. I love it when they get caught out. But it is right. Honestly, I'm, I only watched half of it where they've got Nicole Scherzinger and I don't know who the girl is sitting next to her, but she's obviously famous. But they didn't... The, the, one of the girls on there who they, who they put through, they thought she wasn't very good. They thought the voice was OK, whereas I thought she was rubbish. All this... Ha, 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 ha... is not singing. That's called In Pain, I'm afraid. In Pain. And so they all go there and they go, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to... Sorry, it's not... It's not great news was Louis's one line that he kept using. It's, it's not great news. It's fantastic news you're going out. So, in other words, let's kill them with a heart attack and then bring them back to life again. It is X Factor, the musical. It is that, uh, that wonderful spoof done by Peter Kay on the television about the X Factor. It's, I'm afraid you're going home to sit in a chair over there. Yeah. <laughs> and they all burst into tears and I'm going, oh, my Godfathers. It's the biggest pile of rubbish you've ever seen on the television. Small wonder it's much, much more prefer- preferable to watch the fat bird dancing in pink over on Strictly Come Dancing and to see some people who can't. So we kicked off Tony Jacklin, which, of course, is utterly ludicrous because the one who can't dance is one of the hairy bikers. And Vanessa Fells can't dance. You know, I've never seen a fat person with no sense of rhythm. you think just standing there and wobbling would have done the trick, but it didn't. So they've kicked off Tony Jacklin. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing, I'm afraid. Bross sold out Wembley once, did they? What year was that? What year was that? I know, Matt, and I think you should back off knocking him, but I think the song choice was wrong for TV. I think anything he sings was actually wrong, I'm afraid. It was just disastrous. Absolutely disastrous. Uh, 84850. You're a bit odd, aren't you? Just check some of your previous text messages. You in rehab or something? I've got a new Samsung phone, says Chris, in August. Got to see the rep on Saturday, so now I can use it as I'm blind. Really? Are there not special phones you can buy if you're blind? Don't they make them at the the blind centre, I'm sure? He says, two tech gurus in different O2 shops were unable to work out how to work it with speech on. Wish I'd bought the iPhone. Well, you should have saved up, shouldn't you? Should have saved up and bought it. He said, uh, I've got... Actually, a friend of mine, what did he go for? The other day, we got a friend of mine. He's developed this cold in the morning, like... Serious, like, a chew, a chew, no streaming. And so I said, well, before we go and buy my phone, and it becomes a me, me, me day, I think what we need to do is go and get you some stuff. So he goes and he buys this stuff called Sudafed. I've never even heard of it. Within half an hour, he dried up completely. I was, I was, I was so amazed, I went and bought some as well. So I've now bought Sudafed for should I get a cold, but I won't because I've had the flu jab. And I've also got this nasal spray. Because up until now, I've done Vic Sinex. Because if you're in this business, anybody will tell you, I used to work with a, a newsreader in this building who would sit down and practically arrange Boots the Chemist in front of him. 
If just in case, because you've only got to sit next to somebody who's got a cold or they sneeze or they wheeze or something like that and immediately think, oh, no, I'm going to get it. But uh, I didn't. So I, I bought my Sudafed, which was very good. Very good indeed. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We shall weave everything in on the programme. Danny says, I've heard from a reliable source, Katie Price is looking on hosting a show with ITV called My House, My Home, My Castle. Helping people upgrade their house. I'd, she can't sell anything. It's only pilot, I'm afraid. And for pilot read, it's going nowhere. It's as simple as that. Jamie says, if you cut your finger, does that mean you can't open your phone as it won't be able to read it? I don't know. Arthur comes up with the best one. He said, I wonder if dropping your phone was a subconscious act because you wanted a new phone. That could be right. That could, I don't know. Whatever it was, I was thinking about changing the phone anyway. And they do so many funky colours. I thought, I've got to get it. I like it. But it did take a while to download all of my stuff. We've cleaned up the apps. We've, uh, we've, done, we've sorted out Siri, who's my friend, as you know. And uh, it was all, all good fun. So tomorrow, LBC celebrates its 40th birthday. Eighth. So today being the 7th. So tomorrow the 8th. I have to check, actually, because I wasn't too sure which day was which. Because I've got so many interviews to do this week. And it's going to be quite a long day. So by Wednesday morning... You could be listening to a very tired person. Either that, I'm going to be so hyper, because I'm going to be taking jelly beans just to keep me going for that instant sugar rush. Because I I went to bed the other night, and I completely forgot to do my injections, but I seemed to manage to get through the night, so that was okay. Uh, uh, Ray says, what happened to Amy, the Essex girl in X Factor? We saw her waiting to sing for the six seats, but she never came on. I've got no idea. I I don't even know half these people are, apparently. And apparently the the, uh, Christmas lights are going up on Oxford Street. If anybody else writes the word Xmas, I'm going to confine you to the sin bin, OK? We're not going to read your text out ever again, so you can sit there and be miserable and burst into tears as well, as I'm concerned. Uh, in the papers today, in the papers today, I know that Duncan went through them uh, earlier on. The Sun, Tam's a man-eater. I don't know who that is, actually. Who is that person? Who is Tam? Are we supposed to know who Tam is? Wait a minute. Not Tam's an Althway, is it? Oh, this is Tamara Foster. She's on the. This is the one who can't sing. This is the one who was there, and uh, the naughty sixteen-year-old hailed as the next Leona Lewis. Oh dear! Nothing worse than an old-looking sixteen-year-old, and she is an old-looking sixteen-year-old, and um, she's the bookies' favourite to win. So ignore that one completely because they don't know anything. Simon Cowell is flogging his LA mansion for twelve point three million. This is the one that's got the black toilet paper. He uses black toilet paper. I've never heard of such a thing, but apparently he gets it made. Um, he's hoping to sell it for £12.3 million. The Beckhams, apparently, depending on which paper you read, have either sold Beckenham Palace for £12 million, or they haven't sold it and it's sitting there doing nothing. They never went there. They never went there. They hardly spent any time there at all. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Oh, the NHS are now banning, I'm delighted to say, these boob jobs. You know, we get these sort of wannabe, ugly glamour models who go there. We had the one a short while ago, Josie Cunningham. She's not a glamour model at all. She really is gross. Gross. And and uh, she blasted the move to outlaw vanity boob jobs. Because remember, she had it all done, and then she decided she didn't want it. Wanted it all taken off again. So, uh, there you go. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Don't waste your time with these mingers. It's not good. Although we have a story today of how the advice on my programme saved somebody from losing a lot of money. Yes, somebody quite close to me. 
well, not that close, to be honest, you know. But uh, they nearly made a mistake. They nearly got took by uh, the unsavouries. There's a great piece in one of the papers today. It's the Roma gypsies operating in Paris, stealing from cash points. They come up behind you. The girl taps you on the shoulder. You automatically turn round. The bloke grabs the money. They run. In this case... They didn't get away with anything at all. But the Paris police are now said they're sick to death of these people. They thieve. And they're over here as well. But you've got other people to worry about on the streets. I've got a registration number for you as well of a vehicle, which I think, you know, just in case it pops up in your area, just be aware. OK, just be aware. It's, you know, it's the kind of thing we don't want to see you getting taken. And uh, we're, we're, we'll just call them rubbish collectors. OK. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Chris says, I'm now completely addicted to your programme. He says, you cheer me up. God, you must be miserable. Nothing worse is that this time of the morning of being miserable. It's, quite, it's only quarter to five. You can have toast, tea, coffee, put some clothes on, open the window, stand outside, go, yeah. My car this morning, we went through Chinatown to get here. I, I says that I'm being abducted. I'm going to end up working in a brothel in Shanghai or something. I, just, I really got quite panicky about the whole thing. We sort of went all over the place. But I think the driver was either half asleep because we were sort of slowing down for green traffic lights. You remember I've had that before. We speed up at red ones and I get in the back panicking, thinking, I'm going to lose my life this morning. And then we, we slow down for green ones. I don't know. Working with these uh, colourblind people, it's very interesting. Anybody win on Saturday on the lottery? Did you buy a ticket for £2? Carol McGiffin said she's not going to buy a ticket at £2. We can't afford to now, can you, love? Haven't got any money. Brokey-poos. Talk of brokey-poos. Yes, little old uh, Duncan James. Duncan Inglis has been, uh, has been spilling his heart about going bust. And now he's had to flog his mother's house. And he's living in rented accommodation. What do they do with their money, these people? Oh, and um, Louis Walsh is not Louis Walsh. 14 minutes to five. This is LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 13 minutes to five. What a horror show, says Bob. How could the BBC transmit such a travesty? That syncopated, syncopated walk he tried. Awful. Yes, he, he, this was Matt turning round and walking with these Las Vegas girls who are wearing leotards. That's right, the other dancers must be looking at them thinking, sad. And he works in the Gossy Lounge, and he obviously has them over there. And they don't do anything, they just drape themselves around him. It also, but he, he, did, he looked a bit uncomfortable. He looked a little bit uncomfortable walking, and he couldn't kind of get in step. There was no sense of rhythm. He didn't feel the music. You know, I don't want to be sort of, don't be sort of rude about it, but I've, I've watched it on YouTube, and you type in Matt Goss and Strictly Girls... And uh, it's it's had how many how many views? Four hundred ninety nine views, so a huge amount of viewing. And so you get Matt Goss uh, with this sort of his big name behind him and a band. Now how, count can we count how many the band? He reckons that's a forty piece behind him. Well, either he can't add up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. I mean, there's about ten, ten people on stage. It's just a brass section. And then Matt wearing this funny hat and a bow tie, you know, and then some, some Las Vegas showgirls, but they're not really very showy. There were no feathers, there was no glamour, no glitz. He's wearing a suit that doesn't fit. Um, but, it, but there's no sort of... Now, this is filmed after the actual show, isn't it? So, they, so there's no audience, really. There's just a few people hanging around, and the judges have to sit there. And so, but but his, his voice isn't great. 
It really isn't great. But they're using the same set, because I thought, oh, that looks good. See, there's people standing around, but there's nobody upstairs. I'm not sure how much of this is a set, though. I can't, I can't, I can't remember with it. And so they all do it, but he just doesn't move. There's no luck be a lady tonight. He should have chosen anything but that ghastly song. Did him no favours. Did him no favours. Watching it very carefully. And, uh, unfortunately, with only 499 views. I reckon we'll probably get it up to about 700 by the end of the programme, if I push it enough. But my favourite, my favourite tune, and I've, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times over the weekend, it's the uh, Only Boys Allowed singing Sospan Far. Now, I don't know anything about this song. All I can tell you is... It's apparently a comedy song in Wales, Sospanfar, and they, they're at, I think, an Eisteddfod, the only boys allowed. If you go onto YouTube and type in uh, Sospan, S-O-S-P-A-N, far, and it'll, it'll, it'll put it up on the Sospan thing, go onto them singing in HD, and it's a super song. It's, it's a comedy song, but it's, it's just infectious. I've got it in the car. I watch it every day just to cheer myself up. No, saucepan is one word. Saucepan, no, saucepan, saucepan. Oh, that's hopeless, isn't it, really? Saucepan, okay, and it'll find it. Uh, wait, oh, wait a minute. Uh, I think far is F-O, there you are. Click on saucepan fach. That's what it looks like, but it's pronounced far. Go down and you'll see them singing HD. There you go. Can you hear that next door or not? No, it was a bit pointless then, isn't it? This is the man introducing him in Wales. He's their, uh, he's their conductor. Go mad, he says, for only boys allowed. Only boys allowed. And it's the most infectious song you'll ever hear. I loved it. But it's obviously a comedy song in Wales. What it's about, I've got no idea. But I just love listening to it. If ever I win the lottery, ladies and gentlemen, and we do a final Steve Allen show, I'm booking them. I'm booking them and Catherine Jenkins to come and sing. I like the IT worker who's in the paper today. His name's Wes Housen. He's 24. Who does he look like? He looks like James Corden. And believe you me, he looks like James Corden. He could make money here. So anyway, he goes into a club and he was ushered into the VIP area. They give him free drinks. And, uh, and it's fantastic. He got free drinks with Shane Ward. He was mobbed by girls and he was signing autograph. And the bosses at the birdcage tweeted, uh, Corden in the building. James Corden in the building. And, of course, it wasn't him. <laughs> it was so funny. He's a Lancashire lad. Uh, he did actually struggle to sound like uh, like James Corden. He said, I put on a Cockney accent, which was hard. I can't believe I fooled everyone. They must feel like idiots now. He looks so like him, though. He really does. Uh, 84850, uk, And, oh, yes, Louis Walsh. They had Shane Filan on as one of the judges. That's the one who went bankrupt. But uh, he was on there, and so they were asking questions about Louis Walsh. How many times has Louis won the X Factor? Once. Sunita knew that answer. And so he said to uh, to Shane Filan, bear in mind Shane Filan was managed, and I believe it's still managed by Lulu Walsh. And they said, what's, what's Louis Walsh's real name? And he looked at me and went, real name? He went, yeah, what's his real name? He went, Louis. He went, no, that's not his name. He went, what's his name then? He went, it's Michael. He went... What? He was visibly shocked. He was vis- He had no idea that Louis is the made-up name. His name's Michael Walsh. And he was so... I sat there in disbelief. I thought, I thought everybody knew that. But he didn't. Did you know? Did you, no, you didn't know it was Michael Walsh. His name's not Louis at all. He, liked, he changed it some years ago for some reason. I don't know why. Anyway. Uh, and so he said, what? He said, you serious? They went, yeah. So that was very funny. 
84850steve@lbc.co.uk. Uh, Matt Goss is a better actor than he's a singer. I don't think he is. I think it was Luke who's the actor. I hate it when people can't get things right. They don't know anything. One's the actor and one's the sort of singer. Uh, and uh, one here says uh, the movie classic Charlie is a classic. I don't think so. And uh, another one here, 84850, steve at Everybody's saying, great phone, great phone to buy. I know. It goes so well with the car. It actually doesn't clash with the car. I like a phone that goes with the car. It looks looks very good indeed. Other stories of the papers for today. Prince Harry wowing them abroad. Let's hope he stays there. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Uh, is the Queen get... No, Prince Harry. Oh, right, OK. And he seems to have various little outfits to put on and wear, making him look like a, a soldier who's actually seen action on the front, which is good. So he's over there. They seem to like him, don't they? They seem to like him. He says a good day to everybody. All the time he's thinking, uh, where are the old Sheilas? Where are the old Sheilas around here? Uh, why did I save this one here? Oh, yes, the BBC was slammed the other night. This is an interesting one for later. Now, I knew about this ages ago, and I'm sure it will refresh your memory as well. Jonathan King wrote and complained to the BBC that when they were showing the Top of the Pops repeats, he'd been airbrushed out. And he went, how dare you airbrush me out? And he wrote to somebody quite high up at the BBC. Anyway, they put him back in. And so when they show some of these uh, programmes on the television, uh, it's there. He did uh, One For You, One For Me, I think, and he did Everyone's Gone To The Moon. He said, you can't just change history. He featured in these programmes. And... um, Last night, the BBC... I mean, he actually got an apology when he was edited out of another Top of the Pops show. And so the BBC said they're made on a case-by-case basis. And a spokesman said, in this case, we decided not to alter the historical record and edit out Jonathan King's performance because he was in the charts all the time. Everyone's gone to the moon. Um, the Piglets, John A. Reggae was him. Um, I can't think of the other ones, but there's, I mean, there's, he had loads of hit singles. Loads of hit singles. You can't just edit him out of a, of a programme. He's out of prison now. He served his time. So, you know, they can't do it. So that's what he, he wrote to the basis of. Uh, somebody said they've also uh, edited out Dave Lee Travis. They've been pulled while he awaits trial. Somebody said to me the other day, and this, this is a very interesting one. Max Clifford, I believe, has been into court. And I think that comes up next year. I think it's next year, Max Clifford's. And we had a long debate over this. We had a lot. You're going to think this is really odd, but it only struck me the other day. One of the, because many of these cases against Max Clifford and all these other people are what they call historical. Historical means that it happened a long time ago. One of them in Max Clifford's case happened over 40 something years ago when the person was 16. And I thought, okay, but then I thought, wait a minute, Max Clifford would have been 16 as well at the same time. This person is now 70. This person is 70. So you've got a 70 year old, something that happened when they were 16. So however many years that is, take it away. It's historical. But he would have been the same age. I couldn't quite work it out. I was a bit confused by this one. So when and he said he went in the papers the other day and said, listen, he said, why are these people being granted anonymity? Tell me who these people are. I want to know who they are. He said, everybody knows who I am, but who are they? And he makes quite a good point. The point he makes is that why should somebody be granted anonymity, whereas his life has been put through hell? He's been found guilty of nothing at the moment. He's not even been to court. You know, it's coming up in March. You've got to wait for the whole of Christmas and everything else, and then we'll sort of find it. But these historical ones were taken so many years ago. I mean, as, as a friend of mine said, he said, I can't remember what happened last Thursday. I said, well, I'm not much good at remembering anything either. I said... Would we just go and buy them in Boots? We just walked into Boots. They've got shelves full of them. You didn't even need to go and ask for them behind the counter. 
we just uh, we just went the uh, we just bought. But anyway, they dried him up immediately. So I've been taking. I used to take. Um, oh, can't remember what I used to take now. What did I used to take? It was they, whatever it was. They stopped making it. I had to go around chemists to try and get it because it was the only thing that ever dried me up. If ever I had a cold in this business, the one thing you don't want to do, as you know, is sneeze all over the place. I don't want to start sneezing all over the place. And uh, and when these things worked for me yesterday, I went, "This is amazing. I've never seen something that works that fast." So um, so Val, I, I've got them. I have them with me. Uh, Steve says, John, how could that be a comedy song from Wales? The Welsh don't have a sense of humour. This is, it's so fantastic. You've got to watch it. Sospan Far. When you hear it, it, it's really, really catchy. Really, really catchy. Apparently it means small saucepan, says Chris. Woo. Uh, the song is a bit nonsensical. A small pan boiling on the floor, a small pot boiling in the fire, and the cat has just scratched little John. Went to school in North Wales and sang the song many times as a kid. I love it. I want to learn it in Welsh. I want to sing along to it in the car. I can get as far as Suspanva, but I want to learn the rest of it. Uh, 84850. And um, Andrew says, Xmas is not offensive. The X stands for the Greek letter Chi, an abbreviation of Christos. It's been, no, I'm sorry, it's offensive. It's grossly offensive. Grossly offensive. And I'm putting everybody in the dustbin who writes the word Xmas. So there you go. That'll keep me busy for the rest of the day. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Monday morning in London town. Just a day away from LBC selling, celebrating 40 years of successful broadcasting. We're delighted you've chosen us, chosen us this morning. Uh, more from uh, the papers. Certainly a lot more from you on uh, 84850 or steve at lbc.co.uk. Dot co dot uk and uh, and then we've got the free podcast up a little bit later on which has got some really really good stories in really good stories so don't go anywhere stay tuned to 97.3 the news with Rupert Bartia is next LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Four minutes past five. I've been enjoying listening to your podcast so much. Tonight I'm listening live, says Holly. Uh, my partner says it sounds like I've got Piers Morgan in the bedroom. Well, you might have, dear. I've got no idea what goes on there. She says, but I got my iPhone 5S on September the 20th and only had to wait five minutes to be helped. It's my first iPhone and I'm thrilled with it. I think I'm on about the fourth or something like that. I quite like it, actually. In fact, I do like it. It's as simple as that. Uh, two programmes I no longer watch, says Little Julie, X Factor and Peter Andre. Have to agree, Re Matt Goss. Thought he may have sung a more familiar swing song. Not his When Will I Be Famous. Dreadful. He looked uncomfortable with the dancers. His voice was very average and lose the hat. Thankfully, it didn't spoil my enjoyment of Strictly Come Dancing. Yes, because he was only on the extra bit. I did, a, a very odd choice. Somebody somewhere has spent money on Matt Goss. He can't be making much. Just, just supposing he's making $1,000 a night. Six, seven hundred quid in vain. He's only doing two nights a week. He's only doing two nights a week. I'd love to know how many tickets they sold for his uh, Café de Paris thing. I haven't read any reviews of that whatsoever. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. 
Uh, Matt Goss on Strictly says, David, where can I start? A rehash of an old song, which at its best was dull, limp and going nowhere, surrounded by some scantily clad showgirls. Well, actually, not really. I mean, I've seen people wearing bikinis who wear less. He can't even walk in time with them. He seemed to shuffle across the stage with that awful hat, a jacket that was ill-fitting and appeared not to match his trousers. Such hype over nothing and a waste of airtime. The song is a dirge and when slowed down, highlights how poor his voice is. No wonder there were still tickets available for the shows at the huge Café de Paris, which of course is tiny. Uh, And so pleased to hear that Denise Welsh has quit Loose Women. The writing was on the wall when Helen Warner, the new head of daytime, joined ITV. She created the original Loose Women format and is taking it back to how it was supposed to be, i.e. without Denise breaking down every other day about her dreary old private life. Kay Adams is back on Loose Women today. Should be interesting. Yes, I agree. I mean, you know, I think the bad mistake was bringing back Colleen Nolan, who apparently is going back for her dead sister. That's what she would have wanted. This is the sister who said she hoped the family would stop arguing. You know, now they're going to milk it for all it's worth. But uh, the truth of the matter is, there was no work on the outside at all for Colleen Nolan. Nobody was remotely interested. She got a very dreary little sort of uh, advice column uh, in one of the newspapers, and that's about it, I'm afraid. So to put her back on the programme, she's out of her depth. She doesn't know anything about anything in the papers. She can only do smutty jokes and just sit there looking a bit bloated. But the audience, you know, they're like seals for that programme. They like it. It's daytime stuff. Keeps them going, doesn't they? Don't see any problem there. Uh, 84850, uk. Yeah, I love the news item from the great Yarmouth Mercury about a man whose garden shed burnt down with his father's remains inside. His father had died and been cremated, and so he's the only man who's been cremated twice. Doesn't sound, doesn't sound very good, does it, really? Bit of a shame. Uh, 84850, uk, And uh, I've just watched The Only Way is Vegas. And I had the misfortune to run to the cast in the departure lounge in the hotel. I thought I was being followed, Steve. The Vegas they portrayed was nothing like that. If I was Vegas, I'd sue. The whole thing, the pool parties, the nightclubs, fake. Dreadful. So there you go. Well, actually, I mean, it's, it's just a cheap... It's the same thing. They're, they're trying to drum up interest in a load of old has-beens. They now look so old in The Only Way is Essex. They're not, they're not as young and as sprightly as they were. They just look like, you know, the women troweled on makeup. Nobody looks like that in Vegas unless you're working the room, as they say. You know what I'm saying? Get a room and I've got a credit card machine. Uh, I've just moved to South Africa. And Paul says you're very naughty. But he said, I enjoy listening to you because the presenters and the hosts out here are so dull. Well, it's South Africa, isn't it? You can just imagine, can you? Good day, everybody. Welcome along to Radio South Africa. Uh, today we have some uh, some nice tunes for you, and, and that'll be about it. I don't. Th- do they have do they have chat shows like this over there? They have a a person with a personality. Probably not. I'm afraid. Eight four eight five zero Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. Eight four eight five zero. There's another one here on uh, on Peter Andre. And uh, Paul in Manchesterford says, whilst chatting to several of my friends about Peter Andrex, my for it, sorry, my life, I've come up with a new programme idea, which once this series comes to an end, could be the salvation of ITV2. Listening, Jonathan, given that they're both in Mary Poppins style, practically perfect in every way, how about teaming, loves his kids, with Anthea, Princess Tippy Toes, Turner, to present a show about... How we too can be as deluded and up ourselves as they both are. I can just see the Team Andrex towel folding. It would be awesome, mate. Yes, awesome man. <laughs> Must admit, though, the two highlights of the show for me were the expression on Carl's face when Pete was talking about playing Jesus and the film company thinking he was about 30 and Pete's total unwillingness to speak to Toss on the phone whilst fiddling with his skewers. 
Yes, he phones. Everything is done on camera. Tostos phones him during the barbecue. Pete's doing a barbecue. I mean, it's the dullest thing you've ever seen. And then he, uh, he, sort of, he sort of threw a bit of a strop. With the pregnancy, though, has he finally bitten off more than he can chew? Some say he's backed himself into a corner. Did you see Surprise, Surprise? A show getting worse by the week in the segment with the Saturdays. A plug for the new record tied in with the story of a girl with diabetes. But alas, no mention of testing yourself if you've relatives with it. All the work of Diabetes UK and the fact there are children far younger than this girl of 15 who live with it daily. Maybe a few quid towards their research wouldn't have gone amiss. Oh, I, I just see it as just a shameless plug to get somebody on there to, f- you know, do their latest hit single or what they hope is a hit single. It's, it's, it's missed the whole premise of the programme. Missed the whole premise of it. Shame. And uh, Steve is a diabetic. Read the patient information leaflet with Sudafed. It mimics adrenaline, can raise heart rate. Fantastic. Can't wait for the heart rate to be raised, let me tell you. And also maybe in some types of Lemsip. I don't do Lemsip. I never like Lemsip. I never like Lemsip. I didn't even like Beecham's powders. I never liked Beecham's powders. We used to pretend it was cocaine. You sort of open up the little wrap and then sort of empty the powder. I used to hate the taste of it. Oh, it's horrible, horrible stuff. And it never made me feel better. Never made me feel better. Uh, the thing you were thinking of was contact, cold and flu. And also uh, Galloway's, pure heaven when you had a chesty cough. You know, I've had some coughs in my time. I think I can practically lead the world with coughs. I know all about coughing, let me tell you. I've sat on this programme before now thinking I was about to end my last Terrible. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Yes, Tom, it is true. Well, only sort of partly true. It's only partly true, that. OK? And uh, if you followed my, my Twitter yesterday... No, on s- Friday. When did I have the glass of Chardonnay? It's like Friday. I was doing it... Th- <laughs> trying to remember. <laughs> oh, dear. How fun. How fun. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Um, contact 400... Yes, it wasn't... Uh, uh, was it contact? What did I have? I can't remember. Mr Shah will tell me what I used to have. But, you no, know, it wasn't contact 400, because that's a little capsule. This was a tablet. Oh, Benelin. Benelin, day and night. I've just remembered. God, thank goodness. I've still got my marbles. Uh, Benelin, day and night. was brilliant. But then they, they took it off, because it was the only thing that ever worked for me. And the, I used to recommend it to everybody because I used to say, you know, as a broadcaster, you can't afford to be ill. Having a cold is, is like your teeth falling out on air. You know, coming in here and trying to do the programme, it just didn't work. But they do tell me that it was, uh, it was very funny. Not for me, it wasn't very funny. Uh, another one here. Oh, this is the, uh, the acts. And uh, what a bunch they are. Sam Callahan is the barman from Essex. You know, that, that's his, his claim to fame. He's a barman. But, in fact, of course, it's not really. That's what they've tried to make him out to be. Sam uh, is pals with District 3 and Union J. So he fits into the pretty boy category. He's 19. He's already bared all for the Teenage Cancer Trust. And uh, he says, I used to spend my time busking around the country and getting as much exposure as possible. I think we know what he's talking about there. Um, Red-faced council bosses have cancelled screenings of a low-budget gangster flick because it features Lorna Simpson. This is the so-called university student from London who's 26 and who's got a history, I'm afraid. She regrets being pictured with a shotgun and stripping naked. Not a nice person at all. Uh, Luke Friend is the 17-year-old with the dirty hair who said he wouldn't get it washed because it would spoil his image. His image presumably being, I smell. Nicholas MacDonald, the student from Motherwell, his claim to fame is he nearly died because he had a cardiac at uh, the age of eight. His family are 100% supportive. They were certainly chav. I was amazed at how many of these people's families are real chav. 
Really terrible. But anyway, his, he says, uh, my parents have sacrificed everything for my dreams. Oh, God, expect him to go out quite early. The over-25s, the van driver, Shelley Smith. I mean, dear God, love, there's no chance you're going to be famous. I hate to tell you. Sam Bailey, the prison officer, comes with history. And uh, the other one I had already mentioned, Lorna Simpson. Uh, the girls, Tamira Foster. Don't like her at all, I'm afraid. Hannah Barrett. She lives in shared accommodation for young teenagers. So, um, I'm not really sure where she comes from, I'm afraid. A. Abby Olsen, a sales assistant. I'm looking forward to putting the twist on classics. God, have you heard this garbage before? Uh, In the groups, Kingsland Road. That rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, Miss Dynamix. That's a a, a 22-year-old mum from London. Oh, God. Rough Copy. Kingsland Road, apparently. The groups share a two-bed flat to save money. Oh, the garbage that these people come up with. Well, anyway, there they all are, and eventually somebody will go into a studio, and eventually, you know, they will bring out a lip-synced song, which they've rehearsed, and they'll do their little miming, and then in six months' time, you won't have heard of them. They'll go on the X Factor tour, and they'll all disappear without trace. As I've said before, Cheryl Cole is a classic example of how far you can go in a career with no talent, but based on looks. So for some of these people in the X Factor, it will be based on looks. Unfortunately, the songs are immaterial. You could literally close your ears and they could go, this is One Direction. You go, oh, right, this is JLS. Oh, right, this is Union J. They all sound the same, because they're all coming out roughly the same kind of studio, I'm afraid. Um, Tom says you have to laugh at people like Peter Andre, who says things to others like, oh, go away, I want some privacy. He says you can't have it both ways. Oh, and his idea of privacy is, uh, is when he turns up with a film crew on a beach. You know, that's his idea of privacy. You wait till they finish filming these programmes very any time soon, I think. And uh, he's just going to go to pieces, isn't he? Because what, what's he going to do? He'll have to he'll have to do what that boxer, Chris Eubank, does when he used to drive up and down Brighton Seafront in his big truck and then get out and go for a walk so people would follow him. And then he'd carry cards with him. He'd sign autographs. Peter Andre would be res- resorted uh, and reduced to doing that very shortly, I should imagine. Whereas uh, we have far more pressing things. It's quarter past five. Coming up with Nick Ferrari after the uh, the news at seven, as Lord Sugar's Twitter joke is investigated by police. Nick will be asking, is it good use of police time? Uh, plus, as a woman's been left fighting for her life after falling off a Routemaster bus, Nick will be asking whether or not the buses are as safe as they could be. Looking at the paper today, George Pascoe Watson, former political editor at The Sun. Nick and the team with you after seven. 84850, steve at And if you saw the, uh, the clips on the television, there's an ITV programme which I think is uh, an investigation. They went undercover at various mosques up and down the country and they found more than a dozen Muslim clerics agreeing to marry off girls as young as 14. Now, I don't know where you stand on that, but to be honest with you, at 14... Isn't this paedophilia? At one point, you see the, uh, the, uh, the man being interviewed here, I think, uh, from Birmingham Mosque. He's a former police advisor called uh, Shams al-Huda Khan Misabi. And he agreed to marry a girl of 14 to a 20-year-old on camera and then said, yes, they, they could live together under Sharia law. Another one of them said English people wouldn't understand this, but under Sharia law, that's OK, you can do this, that's fine. A 14-year-old. He's been, open, he's been, uh, been suspended by the mosque now, obviously embarrassed that this man was a former police advisor who agreed to the ceremony. They've, they've had to quickly, you know, retract and said, listen, we don't ever condone anything like this. But I should imagine it goes on. They had a reporter posing as the girl's mother. 
and it's amazing what you can get these people to do. Yeah, under Sharia law, that's fine. Yes, it's different. It's, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's OK. 14, yes, that's fine. We have no trouble there. There was one here, it says, by, uh, by Sharia, grace of God, she's legal to get married. At 14. In this country. Shameful. Shameful. No doubt people will be talking about that a little bit uh, later on today. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Even Warren says, uh, you know, it's uh, it's all these people on the X Factor. What is it with the crying? I mean, it is true, isn't it? Every single one of them burst into tears. They're never going to cope when they get rejected halfway down the line. It's my, it's my dream. It's at 16. I never had a dream at 16. Breathing, I think, was a fairly popular thing to do. But they all have dreams, don't they? It's been my dream to do it. And then you hear them singing, you think, well, your dream's out the window. But we'll put you through, because we haven't got anybody else, I'm afraid. And that's why. It's, uh, it, it's just, it's terrible. Weather for today. Do you want to know what the weather is? You probably don't care, do you? It's Monday morning, but you should care. Because we've got fog. There was fog out of town earlier on. Fog lamps on, please. Not all the time. But uh, we will have sunny spells, uh, the best of the sunny spells across the eastern parts. Western areas staying cloudy, uh, warm. It's going to go uh, 19 degrees today, currently 13. Tonight, staying dry. Some early clear spells, especially across eastern areas, which may allow patchy fog to form. Generally widespread low cloud developing, helping to keep it rather mild. Uh, on the subject of... Uh, it's, uh, it's a Welsh folk song, this Sospan Far. Often sung at rugby matches. I love it. I mean, I just absolutely love it. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to learn it in Welsh, and somebody's very kindly sent it. My beast, Marianne, weddy briefle. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to ruin it for everybody. Welsh people going, for God's sake, don't sing or don't obliterate our language. But thank you very much indeed. Chris, I shall be... I'm going to take that home and practice it. I'm determined to sing it. I've heard it so many times now, I can join in with the chorus. Practically. <laughs> Steve, for a cold, you Sudafed. Well, I'm, 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 I haven't taken it yet. I bought it. Um, another one here, which says, um, I never really understood X Factor. I mean, if the contestants were any good, I'm sure they would have been spotted before without going on a glorified talent show. If they haven't had any record deal before. Well, this, this pretty one who's with Louis, he's, uh, he knows Union J and he's, you know, so he knows all these groups. He knows all these people because there's obviously lots of pretty boys all over the country. You don't tend to get, you know, where are the pretty girls forming groups now? And I think they suddenly realise that they all fall out with each other. You know, I mean, that, that barely, you know, that there aren't enough people talking, are there, in Girls Aloud. I believe they've just gone... So it's Cheryl Cole, who is eminently free. She has the empty diary, I'm afraid, to end all empty diaries. She had to go to celebrate Nicola Roberts's birthday somewhere, and so she went with Kimberly Walsh. But then they don't bother with Sarah Harding because she's too needy. And there's the, the other one in America, Nadine Cole, that they don't seem to like. Whereas I liked her. She looked quite successful. I mean, she certainly appears more successful than Cheryl Cole. Cheryl Cole gets coverage, but she's not doing anything. You know, without, without the X Factor, Cheryl Cole is nobody. She's gone back into obscurity. A little bit like loads of other people we're going to be mentioning a little bit later on this morning, I'm afraid. Which is, uh, which is not, too, not too good. Um, I don't watch Strictly or the X Factor. And, uh, but I did watch the Stephen Lawrence concert. Very humbling to see Doreen Lawrence take to the stage. Of the, well, she'd have to, wouldn't she? She'd have to. It says Downton was a bit unsavoury last night. I tried to watch The Only Way is Vegas, and it got through ten minutes. Well, it's rubbish, isn't it? I'm afraid. Um, Jane in Edmonton says Colleen Nolan 
Ian Lee, Christine Bleakley, Peter Andre, Brucey, Des O'Connor, all on Loose Women, will put an end to the programme. <laughs> I don't know, actually. I don't think that's strictly true. I mean, Colleen Nolan, instant switch-off. Nobody cares what she thinks. Nobody's remotely interested. But she's done interviews in the papers saying, and I'll, I'll, I'll read some of the quotes later on, it's almost like milking the fact that her sister died, which was tragic because everybody knew that the family weren't talking to each other and the, the sister had said, you know, I want everybody to sort of, you know try and mend their ways. But they don't. They're all, they've all got egos the size of whales, I'm afraid. Uh, the Beckhams have sold Beckingham Palace. As I say, I'm not too sure about that. They say they've made a £10 million profit. It's, it's quite nice. They say they've sold it for £12 million. But uh, it was, it's a new build. It co- must have cost more than £2 million. It must have cost... I don't believe they made £10 million profit. I really don't. I said, do you see that Robbie Williams has doing, done a new video where he's on a boat or something? He didn't film it over here. He doesn't really care about this country anymore. He filmed it in Los Angeles, where nobody knows who he is. He goes over there because he can play football and wander about. He's, he's just nobody. It's only over here that people know who he is. Uh, Talisa, obviously out the other day with her tattoos and her little bikini... I'm looking forward to see... Oh, I must tell you about this uh, this con, because Mr Redknapp is in the paper today. Harry Redknapp revealing how, he's, how he was conned for three years by a fake jockey who he bankrolled in return for racing tips. <laughs> well, there you go. He does say the FA are clueless, which he's probably right about. So here is, here is the story of this, this friend of mine. This friend of mine is, is, is moved into this uh, place in, uh, in London, and they've got a load of rubbish... Okay, which is outside. They're having it all cleared out because having new walls put in or something. Anyway, so they've got lots and lots of rubbish outside. Okay, and so he gets woken up the other day, early hours. You know, blah blah. Somebody knocking on the door. And so yeah, yeah, Uh, we're here to uh, clear the uh, the rubbish. And uh, so he goes, oh right. He said, yeah, your 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 builders uh, told us to do it and all the rest of it. So. Inadvertently, this person I know gave them the builder's name, so they were they were kind of armed with this already. So they loaded up their lorry with all this rubbish. So this friend of mine, of course, completely you know half asleep, standing there in his gym jams, not really knowing what time of day. Oh, yeah, take the rubbish, take the rubbish. And then the bloke goes, "Have you sorted out the money?" So of course, this friend of mine, he doesn't he doesn't organise anything at all. Why would he Why would he pay money for this? No, I haven't organised any anything like that at all. And uh, so I said, well, if you'd like to hop in, we'll take you to the cash points. You can get the money out. So, so then he realised that these are scammers. These are people who come round to sort of, you know, t- they'll cruise around the streets in their little lorries, their little flat trucks. They'll load your rubbish up and then they'll go, 60 quid, Gov. And then they'll take it around the corner and dump it in somebody else's garden. So very wisely, he said, I'm not getting in your car. Why would you? He wasn't going out with either of them. And it was a father and son. So be warned. If you've got rubbish outside your house, there'll be some bloke in a flatbed truck... You know where they come from, from flatbed trunk country. And, uh, and they come round and they load up your rubbish. And so the moment he said, I'm, I'm not getting in your car to go to a cash point, they dumped it all back where they got it from. So be warned. A little bit later on, in fact, on the free podcast, I'll give out the truck number, just so you're aware of which one we're talking about and nobody else, OK? Because we don't want to sort of people to be confused over this thing. But just be aware that they'll come round, they'll take it, they'll dump it round the corner and you'll give them cash. And they target the elderly, the half-asleep and the terminally stupid... OK? I love the idea, though, we'd sorted it out with your builder. Well, sort it out with the builder, then. Get him to pay you the money. Bye! And so he slammed the door in his face. He said, but the truck then cruised round a few times in a menacing sort of way. I'd have gone out there and blown his tyres out. You know, there you go, pal, you need four new tyres. But you can get them down the road, because you won't get quicker than a quick fit- fitter, and they've got four of them down there for 60 quid, which is very good value. Uh, can we scrap the, the Bible oath in court? 
I think that would be a very good idea. It seems absolutely pointless to me that criminals stand in court saying, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and then blatantly lie. It seems useless to even have it in court. But you can have all sorts. That You know, you can have some which don't have the Bible mentioned in it. But quite clearly, people aren't bothered by it. You know, there's not going to be a bolt of lightning coming down through the roof of the magistrate's court or the crown court. So let's scrap it. Nobody takes it seriously. It's just words to say, I swear by almighty God to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. Liar! And that's it. They then proceed to stand there and, you know, give you all the old codswallop that you can think of. Um, Colin says, don't you realise the Welsh don't like the English? They love us. My lovely neighbour Lynn is Welsh and she loves me. Uh, Cheryl Cole is doing nothing these days apart from getting a, a tattoo on her bottom. Uh, yes, I think that's it, actually. And uh, Lord Sugar, they're going to be talking about this with Nick Ferrari this morning. I don't know what the what the Twitter thing was. I've got no idea. But to be honest with you, we might as well all wait for the knock on the door from the police. I'm sure I've I'm sure I've twittered something inappropriate over the years, or or sent some you know text message to somebody. A little bit worried about what I was doing at 16. Though I can't remember if I felt anybody up at 16. I've got to try and think about this now. Thinking, you know, I don't want it to come back and haunt me. You know, at 16 years old, I think I did actually grope the next door neighbour's dog. I think it's going to take me to court. Probably. It's LBC. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to uh, six. I saw Ruth Jones, Rod Gilbert, and the uh, Welsh actress Di Bocch, who was in the Twin Town, perform Sospan Fark on Rod's chat show. They did the lyrics slowly in Welsh, and then Ruth gave a rough English translation. Um, you've got to hear it sung by Only Boys Allowed, and it's their HD version, and it's on YouTube. It's so good. Honestly, it really is. You find it, you'll, you'll play it once, you'll play it again. It's driving me mad, I'm afraid. It's driving me mad. And uh, I've just got to learn to pronounce, says Tom in Islington, yes. My bis Marianne, where he breathed for I daffed the Gwyneth Dimbiachach. Anyway, we'll try it a bit later, shall we? It probably sounds better when I'm singing with the whole group. At the moment, singing by myself doesn't sound very good at all. Uh, been listening to you for eight years. This is Eggers over in Oz whilst I'm at work. Our talkback radio is rubbish. Not at all surprised. Actually, some of the, the stories in the papers over the, over the weekend, first of all, David Beckham doing Pride of Britain Day, which is great, because he's eminently available to live backwards and forwards in this country. They're apparently thinking of buying a £48 million house in London. I think Beckham paid himself £14 million last year on a turnover of, I think, £16 million. And that's just for standing up and sort of grinning. Uh, and then there's the story that the Mirror are running. It just appears to be the Mirror, I'm afraid. It doesn't appear to be anybody else. They've become obsessed with Madeleine McCann again. Because having told us on Sunday that somebody had seen her a few weeks ago and she was alive, it's another unnamed person, they're now saying on the front of the papers today that the police are poised to make arrests in the hunt for Madeleine McCann amid hopes the net is closing in on her kidnapper. And the couple will apparently beg for their daughter's return. They're doing a television appeal. I only ask the question again because, I mean, if this is true, and it's so far-fetched that it, it might not be, but on the other hand, it could be. You know, it would be the miracle of all miracles, wouldn't it, if they've actually managed to find and do something that the Portuguese police have been struggling with for seven years. And our, our police go over there and they go, right, uh, that's a suspect. That's, OK, where is she? And then all of a sudden they produce this girl, you know, which I think is highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. 
But anyway, you know, it is a possibility. It's out there. I just wonder, you know, all the other children, the thousands of children who go missing every year, I bet their parents are wondering why they don't get as much coverage in the newspapers. You know, and in their cases, their children were snatched. In the cases of Madeleine McCann, they went off and had dinner and left them all by themselves. You know, which, of course, most parents do. As I've, don't. As I've said before, people go on holiday, you take the kids with you. They fall asleep, they fall asleep. That's part of the fun of it. You know, you do family things. Don't leave them in a room and then wander off the other side of a complex. But anyway, they've done it. But now, they've said, police are poised to make arrests. They've got 41 suspects. And they reckon that they're going to... Uh, they're hoping that witnesses with vital information will call in and that arrests will be made. There could even be arrests as a show is screened. I don't want to pour, you know, water on their little fire, but I think it's highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. They've now said that somebody is dreading a knock on the door. Well, of course they are. But it was seven years ago. This this girl might not even be speaking English now, even if she's alive. We don't know. They won't commit themselves by saying that they think she's dead. Whereas, in fact, any police officer will tell you that if they don't find somebody within a certain stretch of time, generally speaking, the uh, the lines have run cold and you generally don't find the child alive again. Then they were saying over the weekend, oh, there are paedophile gangs operating on the Algarve. Something I've never even heard of before. On the Algarve, there are paedophile gangs. So, um... They're saying millions will watch this appeal. We hope it leads to a new breakthrough. All right, so say it doesn't. What do we do then? Do we still keep pumping millions and millions into finding this one person? What about all these other poor kids? What about Lee Boxall, who went missing in Croydon years and years ago? Just vanished. Just vanished. His mother keeps his bedroom as it was. She doesn't hardly get any coverage in the papers at all. You know, there are all these other people. But anyway, Kate and Jerry will beg the kidnapper to free their daughter. If indeed there is a kidnapper... It's all speculation, isn't it? But uh, six years after the abduction or whatever it was, or whether she wandered, who knows? We just don't know, do we? Police are, police are poised to make arrests. So what have they come up with that they didn't have before? The answer is, I've got no idea. Is it all speculation? Is it all, you know, is it all just pie in the sky? They're just clutching at straws? I don't know. Do not know. Prince Harry flying out to Australia, but they're saying that he's, he's definitely going to marry Cressida Bonus. I don't think he is. I don't know why, I just don't... I'm looking at pictures of her. She can't... She dresses as badly as Sarah Ferguson. And she dresses really, really badly. Prince Harry's doing very well. I think Prince Harry likes going out there and having a bit of a good time. You can't see him settling down any time soon, can you? I can't. Uh, The BBC have uncovered dozens of lost episodes of Doctor Who. They apparently found them in Ethiopia. What on earth they were doing out there? I've got no idea. But uh, in the 50th year, the fans will be able to see some of these classic episodes. Oh, bring back William Hartnell. That was my favourite. That was my favourite, ladies and gentlemen. He was, he was the best one. And as Elbrissi celebrates 40 years tomorrow, having done nearly 35 of them, I've got one or two stories. Actually, it was so funny because I was listening. I was the presenter on air the day of the Iranian embassy siege with our reporter Malcolm Brabant. Uh, I think he's going to be at one of the parties tomorrow. And I was hosting the programme. It was a lunchtime news show. And we'd been going back. And all of a sudden, Malcolm came back. I said, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me. Something's happening. And so I queued back to Malcolm. So I was quite lucky. I was on air the day of 9-11. And, uh, and broadcast, I think, more sort of... I also announced the death of Marvin Gaye. Shot by his father, I believe. And uh, and various other things. I didn't do Elvis. I was I was... I can't remember if I was working at LBC or then. What, what day did Elvis die? I can't, remember, can't even remember that one now. doesn't help. But I, I, did, uh, I did manage to get some, some quite nice ones in. Uh, Brad says, I'm in South Africa. We have a station like LBC, but it's not as good. 
Oh, absolutely not. Couldn't couldn't ever be as good as LBC, could it? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, M25 anti-clockwise, junction 25, which is the A10. Reports of an accident. We can see queues at the Holmesdale Tunnel. Anybody uh, can update us on that one. That'd be quite nice. Uh, up with the Steve Allen Show, talking about the X Factor, the Mirror's obsession with Madeleine McCann and garbage-removing scammers. Yes, be very careful. If anybody sort of says, oh, I'll just take this uh, rubbish away for you, or can I take it away, go no. Go no. Because they'll go and dump it round the corner. That's what they do, these people. They're scum. Uh, lots on the X Factor. Another pile of no-hopers who can't sing. Because they're... they're it's a dream. It shattered my dream. Oh, go home, for goodness sake. They all burst in. I'm sorry, you're going home, goes Louis Walsh. I'm sorry, you're going home, goes Nicole Scherzinger. And Gary Barlow, who can't be nasty to anybody. I'm, I'm really sorry. Why are you sorry? They can't sing. If they can't sing, send them home, for goodness sake. Otherwise, it's ridiculous. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, General waste bins could be co- collected just once a month. Good God in heaven, we'll never survive a month. You've seen how much rubbish we all generate. We generate loads and loads of rubbish. I couldn't cope with it just being a month. It's got to be done weekly, twice weekly, I think. Twice weekly to make sure that you really, you know, get all the stuff. Oh, God, we don't... I remember when we had the big rubbish strike years and years ago, and Leicester Square was piled about ten feet high, the whole of the square in the middle, with rubbish. It was all rubbish. Now it looks quite nice. We've got the moving fountains, and it's, it's a pleasant square. It's just some of the garbage food places around here which kind of spoil the area. It's a shame, really. I think it should all be grassed over and turfed. And also, I went through it the other day, and there's a tramp sleeping on there. Some filthy, dirty tramp who is sleeping under one of the trees. I think these people should be cleared out. Can't they go in hostels? Can't they sort of make hostels or something? Uh, David Gandhi is back, apparently, uh, on the market. If only I knew who he was. If only I knew who he was. But uh, sadly not. So Ian says, Elvis died August 77. All ah, right. Ah, well, I wasn't, I didn't announce it, but I was listening to it because I joined 79, so two years prior prior to that. Uh, 84850, Chris says, very sad about the McCanns. If they'd been on benefits, they wouldn't, uh, they would have been charged with something and other kids put into care. Well, it's it's always been said, people have always argued that, haven't they? They've said because they're a middle-class family, they've been treated completely differently than if it had been a single woman on benefits with a, with a drink problem who'd gone over there and left a kid and gone out boozing for the night. That's why it's different. Because the money that's gone into this is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's something like two or three million pounds a year the police are spending on this. And, and, and an arrest is imminent, according to the Mirror. Going to look a bit silly in a year's time if they're not. If they do, it'll be, it will be... The miracle of all miracles. Talking of miracles, I did love the story in the Sunday papers about a bloke who took a picture a short while ago of the Loch Ness Monster. And it's so funny because you know people who want to believe in the Loch Ness Monster and little things from outer space and all that kind of stuff because it's so big. It's the final frontier. And, and he, he, he took a picture of the Loch Ness Monster and people were going, oh, it's fantastic, it's the best picture we've ever had. He admitted in the paper over the weekends, it's fake. He made it up and he showed you the thing that, you know, did it. But, of course, there are still those people who go, no, I think it was, um, I think you'll, you'll find, actually, that uh, that it, it was false. And they'd go, no, 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 it's real. He's just saying that to put us off the scent. You go, no, he's just told you it's fake. Some people just don't want to believe it, do they? Even when you present them with the facts, it was uh, it was good. It was very good. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Here's Denise Van, uh, still can't get arrested, Denise Van Outen. With Brian Dowling. What does he do for a living? Nothing. 
I saw the other day, who did I see? Vernon Kay. Do get your wife to try and choose some better outfits. They're appalling outfits. They're terrible. Absolutely awful. I don't know who's dressing her, but it's somebody who hasn't got the faintest idea. Oh, do you remember the police threatening yesterday? Anybody starts using the term yid at the football match will be arrested. So the whole crowd used the word, and uh, and one person was arrested for allegedly using it at the home 3-0 defeat by West Ham. Apparently, David Cameron said it was acceptable for Spurs fans to use it, giving the terms links with the North London Jewish community, but most of the people using it weren't Jewish. But the police couldn't arrest everybody. They all started singing it. Apparently, one West Ham supporter claimed Spurs fans in a pub shouting so-and-so were marched out by the police. But uh, the fans could face charges uh, and bans, but thousands still sang the words at White Hart Lane. In fact, they then started taunting the police, which, which I suppose became even funnier, really. Uh, Patsy Kensett. God, is she still going, really? Uh, I knew about the womanising, but I regretted leaving Liam. How long ago was that? Was that... Is that some years ago now? We're dredging up this thing. She must have a book. Oh, she has. She has. It's called Absolute Beginner. I can't work out if I like Patsy Kensett, but I think I do quite like her. But uh, she's always been... She's always sort of been with the the right people or the wrong people. I, did, I was reading a, a piece the other day in the paper about Ronnie O'Sullivan, the snooker player, who said he played his best snooker on drink and drugs. And I thought, you're a bigger fool than you look, aren't you, really? I wouldn't waste your money on the book. It only gives you a false sense of it. You'll end up in prison. Uh, Richard says, Elvis died 16th August, 1977. I remember it as if it was yesterday. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? Uh, Ricky says, heard you saying about dropping your iPhone down the toilet. A work colleague dropped his new bell mobile phone in a fuel tank full of diesel. However, after retrieving the phone, removing the SIM card and letting it dry out thoroughly, it worked as good as new. It gave good MPG, despite being a little noisy on startup, an occasional black cloud of exhaust fumes. <laughs> it's an old one, isn't it? Yes, this was the Sorry Saga. You'll have to podcast the programme. I really can't be bothered or have the inclination to repeat the Sorry Saga of dropping the phone down the toilet and the saga of getting the new one yesterday. But everybody very helpful. You know, it took about five minutes to buy it in the Apple store. I just picked out the colour I wanted. It's difficult to decide what colour you think suits you. I think this one suits me. And it goes with the car, so that's OK. And uh, then the people in the O2 store were very good. So, uh, all in all, quite nice. 14 to 6. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Ten to six is the time. Uh, the issue I have, says Mark, with the Madeleine McCann search, is this belief that any Johnny Foreigner police force just can't handle it. Well, it has to be said, the Portuguese police force have been nothing but inept. They've, been, they've done this for seven years, and they're no nearer. The police take over. Within six months, they've got 41 suspects, thousands of phone links, and the McCanns are back on the television again. Uh, whilst they try and retrace what happened that night. They're going to do a recreation. Although, to be honest with you, I can't remember last week. How on earth you'd remember something like that? How on earth people who went to Pride Lucia are going to remember anything? I've got no idea. And again, we're going to have lots of wasted police time as thousands of near-do-wells and people who interfere say, oh, I've seen her, I've seen her. We've had it before. They sent journalists out and some poor... Some poor family in Sardinia are confronted by people going, is this Madeline? They're going, what? You know, because it's just people make it up. I saw Madeline. She was, you know, we mentioned Madeline McCann and this man scuttled off with her. It's all a load of old hooky. It really is, I'm afraid. But, uh, of course, 
The British police are the best in the world, says Mark, at this sort of thing. Not. Recent years, we've seen that our police force is just as hopeless and inept over countless high-profile cases as Johnny Foreigner. Well, they seem to have got this one right, don't they? If the mirror is to be believed. If the mirror, you know, is, is, is on the money on this one and they're, they're about to make an arrest, I personally don't think they are. I personally don't think they are. I personally think this is all smoke and mirrors, I'm afraid. I just don't believe that after seven years they can actually come up with somebody and the McCanns are going to make an appeal to the abductor. We don't know who the abductor is. You know, we have no idea. If the police are making an arrest, you know, on what basis? On what basis? They've got no fingerprints. They've got, they've got no nothing. It's as if she vanished into midair. And why her? Did she wander off? Did she go looking for her parents? Where did she go? We don't know. We don't know if anybody took her or she wandered off. The trouble is, there was no CCTV, so you can't find out that way. There was no babysitting service available that night, was there? But I keep maintaining all the time, it doesn't matter where they go to sleep, you take them with you in the push chairs. You push them there, and they sit there, and, you know, they. I can remember myself falling asleep, you know, by the, the sort of the noise and the smoky atmosphere and stuff like that. Certainly don't leave people. But they did in this particular instance, and so they've now got to listen to that for the rest of their life, I should imagine. It's, uh, it's a bit of a shame. Talking of a bit of a shame, here's a, a fireman facing jail. He was caught burning his own sports car behind the fire station where he worked. He's particularly thick. Anthony Murray set his BMW alight in an attempt to cheat insurance firms. He recruited a guy called Gareth Collier to make a hoax call to clear the station and wrote letters to suggest the fire was deliberate. Anyway, uh, he's admitted conspiracy to commit arson and um, to pervert the course of justice and fraud. And Mr Collier also pleaded guilty. He'll be sentenced next month. They've been told to expect a custodial sentence. Uh, luckily, he's been... He's, I mean, the stupid thing was, he'd been commended for saving an elderly woman. He's now been sacked as a watch manager at Skelmersdale Fire Station in West Lancashire. You think, how dumb are some people? You've got a great job, you know, and it, don't ever sort of underestimate, you know, the fire service is a great job. Lots of people in the fire service have two jobs. You know, you go down the Euston Road, you'll see a black taxi parked outside there, so he's a cab driver as well as a fireman. It's a little bit of a clothes shop, we know. You know, they don't sort of like women going in there because they find it a bit of a distraction. It's a bit of a blokey bloke kind of thing. but uh, But they're there. And they do their jobs. You'd think, why would you want to jeopardise that? So he's now lost his job and he's going to spend time in prison because he's set fire to his car for an insurance scam. You know, you feel like going and banging their heads together, don't you, really? It becomes a little bit little bit depressing. Uh, John, the Titanic rivet counter, says, The reason why Tess wears such dreadful frocks is to detract from her lack of talent in presenting. Well, she couldn't read the auto cue yesterday. She really couldn't. She bounced along like Tigger and uh, wasn't particularly good because Brucey was not well, I'm afraid. Brucey was not well, so he pulled out. Susanna... Oh, I'm so bored with Susanna Reid. I couldn't care less about Susanna Reid. Just get back to reading your auto cue, love, and uh, don't push yourself too far. Uh, the new Diana Riddle over the chilling photo of an SAS sniper aiming at cars. You don't know whether it's a set-up picture or, or what. It's a bit difficult to, to tell that this controversy over the death of Princess Diana... I don't know why they're continuing with it. I really don't. It just is awful. Uh, Harry, they now say, is in a hurry to marry Cressida. I don't think so. And Pippa Middleton. Good old Pippa. I do love the attention, Middleton. Has prompted protests after posing for a photo with 50 dead birds at her feet. No, it's not the X Factor again. No, these are proper birds. They went on a shoot uh, on an estate in Scotland... And they killed loads of partridges and pheasants. 
And so she went there. A lot of people have said, you know, Pippa Middleton poses in front of 50 dead carcasses. How is the murder of innocent beings a leisure activity? And Paula Howarth tweeted, have you nothing better to be doing than shooting innocent animals? Get a life, love. Yes, Pippa Middleton, you know, never, never want to be seen to be working when you can go out there and have a bit of, a bit of a fun time and capitalise on the, uh, on the links to the royal family. I don't say, of course, I, I thought if they were that close, they'd have been invited to Sandringham, but apparently not. It's bad enough they're going to be doing football in the grounds of Buckingham Palace. The Queen must be away. She can't be allowing that. But uh, William's got... Um, Grandma? There's no one quite like Grandma. Well, not Grandad. And, um, and so they're going to be playing football, and then they're handing out medals for something. I think they just come up with things for him to do occasionally. Couldn't he have gone over to Australia and done the thing that, 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 that Harry's doing? Why is, why is Prince William not doing that? Couldn't he go over there and take take the wife? I'm sure the uh, sure the Australians would love to see them both, but they they end up with Harry. They like Harry, but you know, rather get William and and Kate. I would have thought. Totally agree with you, says uh, Paul about the Maddie case. And despite their protests to the contrary, it's a class thing. Many children never mentioned, as you say, Lee, Keith, Bennett, Ben Needham. They've never had any of that money in publicity. They've had publicity, but nothing like Madeleine McCann. Nothing like it. The millions that has poured into the Maddie McCann account, which has all been spent on, you know, wasted people, completely wasted. Oh, there's a link here, there's a link. I understand that you have to do everything in your power, but to be honest, what about all these other kids? A Scotland Yard spending millions looking for Ben Needham, looking for, for Keith Bennett, looking for Lee Boxer. No, they're not. And they're just three names out of thousands that have gone missing. I have to ask the question, though, if, please God, she was found and has been sold to another family and was happy, would the family leave her with them? After all, given she was so young at the time, she'd surely have next to no recollection of these people coming to take her back and become emotionally damaged for, the, for life because of it. He said, don't get me wrong, the loss or disappearance of a child must be every parent's worst nightmare. But how much longer can this continue? I've said that as well. I mean, do we just go for the rest of our lives? Paying, and they go, well, of course, now she's going to be 27. Because if, if she was abducted... And taken by another family. I mean, and, and it's as speculative as that. We have no idea. If she was, would she be speaking another language now? Would she know who her parents were? She was three, wasn't she, I think, when she was taken? I mean, would she have any idea at all? They've got pictures of what they think she'd look like. But she might have been integrated into another family. She might have no recollection whatsoever. So when they say she was spotted alive eight weeks ago... Uh, this is a man's shock confession made at a party in the northwest of England, and the lawyer was. Con- I mean, what a load of old codswallop! So, somebody at a party in the northwest of England says, I saw Madeleine McCann a few weeks ago. He makes this at a private party. The barrister, who wishes to remain anonymous, admitted he was shaken by the encounter. Police were informed the next day. So, I mean, this is just absolutely. Un- I mean, it's so far fetched, it's almost unbelievable, isn't it, really? Well, let's wait and see. As Paul says, and everybody else says, if, th- if this is true. And they find it, it will be the miracle of all miracles. But uh, I prefer to sit on the fence, I think, a little bit, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, uh Another one here, it says, I'm back. Longing to hear where you're going this year for the Christmas markets. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, actually. I'm not sure. Not sure where the... Uh, where the Christmas markets are this year. I mean, Vienna's very good. Salzburg, very, very good. Uh, 84850, steve at Every text we read out on the programme and every email as well. We take the news at six o'clock next with Rupert Bartia. And uh, then we've got 30 minutes left. Nick Ferrari and the team with you 
at seven o'clock this morning. I'll run through what he's doing in a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, five past six Monday morning. Will reckons that Sunita only paraded in a bikini on Saturday night just to show Simon Cowell what he's missing. Oh, I think he knows what he's missing. <laughs> uh, and, uh, did you see your wonderful friends from TOWIE in Vegas? I saw some very elderly people made up and uh, and doing the same old stuff they did last time round, which was a bit boring. We've got some uh, in our free podcast today, some stories about the Vegas people, some of whom split up and they got back together. It's all false, you know, from start to finish, I'm afraid. Not so good. Not so good. Uh, I did see Sunita in her white bikini which I thought was very good. She's fantastic. But, and then they said, how old is she? And somebody went, she's 50. As if that was some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of great thing, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, I totally disagree, Steve says, Dan. There was a perfectly good babysitting service available that night. It's called The Parents. Yes, but you know, they, I think when people go on holiday, some people forget that you could take the children with you. It doesn't matter whether they've gone to sleep. We've always said that. Uh, ready for Peter Andre's show. No change for the uh, the kids, I'm afraid. Yes, uh, he, he does love his kids. Well, you never... But which way, his, his kids are never going to disappear because they're always in front of the camera. In fact, they actually know, know the camera better than they know their parents. They must do. But they're going to be so mortified. They're probably going to be damaged, severely damaged, I'm afraid. Uh, no justice for Madeleine McCann, says Pete. Her parents failed her and left her alone in a foreign country. Well, I mean, they didn't leave her then, sort of get on a plane and come back. They were over the other side of the complex, having something uh, for dinner. What I can't understand is why we're sort of getting involved in something that happened in another country. It's, you know, it's, it, it beggars belief the amount of... And it's run into millions of pounds, millions of pounds. And as I only ask, I, I, I understand exactly where they're coming from. I understand that, you know, if you've lost a child, you have to, to find the child. I think they're being given false hope, though. I think the police have to say, because they don't want to say, listen, the normal... The, the normal procedure is that if a child has gone missing for anything like this amount of time, they don't assume that they're still alive. They then start looking for bodies. But as they've got no nothing to go on in this, absolutely nothing, there is no evidence, there's no nothing at all. If we even had a bit of CCTV on this complex, if we had just something with a man walking with a little girl, like you know, we've had with kids before who've been abducted, would they have been able to sort of take the CCTV pictures? There is nothing like that here. There is nothing. It's as if she vanished into midair. Now, whether or not she got up and walked off, we don't know. They're always going, she's been abducted. Well, there's no evidence for that at all. There is absolutely nothing. Nobody was seen near the complex. You know, there were just people on the complex. It's a disaster, whichever way you look at it, but it's a very expensive disaster, I'm afraid. A very expensive disaster. Uh, 84850, steve at We shall weave everything in between now and uh, the end of the programme. In, uh, in about 22 minutes' time. Oh, actually, I've got to, sorry, just trying to find me, uh, me things here. Oh, no, I've got the wrong thing anyway. Sorry, <laughs> I just trying to... We're sort of looking for the invitation for tomorrow for the party. I don't appear to have got one. I'm, 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 I'm scouring everything. 
And I can't find it anywhere. Front pages of the papers. They've got the Diana murder. Police sees a photo of sniper aiming at cart. Could be anything. Could be absolutely anything at all. Uh, wedding on the cart to Prince Harry and Cressida. I think I'm going to stick my neck out on that one and say, I don't think so. He's not the marrying kind just yet. I think he wants to play around a little bit more. Millions of Britons could avoid the misery of arthritis by losing just a few pounds in weight. Oh, so arthritis is gain is, uh, is, is based on weight, is it? By shedding less than a stone, overweight people could cut their risk of developing the debilitating condition by a quarter. Was it, I did check the weather, didn't I, earlier on? Yes, it's going to be quite nice. I loved it over the weekend. It was oh, Sunday... Sunday was really, really hot. It was, it was, you know, I was, even I was surprised. I still don't possess a T-shirt. I told somebody the other day, they said, you know, why don't you wear a T-shirt? I said, I don't possess a T-shirt. I really don't. I don't possess a T-shirt. Perhaps I should go and buy some today. Uh, front of the, uh, the mail today, you can win a fabulous dream cottage. I haven't done one of those for ages. Harry and Cressida, are they going to get wed? No, they're not. Thousands may lose out in the Royal Mail share... Sale frenzy. The government's selling just over half the firm, prompting a shares gold rush. I don't know, would you buy shares in that? It was like, oh, the producer would buy shares in You'd buy shares in that, wouldn't you? Yeah, you wouldn't buy a ticket for the lottery at £2. Oh, you would buy a ticket for the lottery at £2. Oh, but you bought three and you didn't win. You can't buy, you can't win with just three, can you? I know it says it only need one, but you need to buy thousands. Thousands and thousands. Actually, I've got some great stories. Uh, Denise, Denise is leaving Loose Women. Denise Welsh, they've got a new a new head of daytime. Well, it's not a new head of daytime, it's an old head of daytime who's uh, come back in again to try and halt the slide. And it's not uh, it's not difficult to see where, where the problem is, that unfortunately Loose Women has gone down the swanee, and so they've decided to sort of boost it up a little bit. Whether or not it works, I don't know. Colleen Nolan, they go, oh, she's much missed. It's like they're bringing Natalie Cassidy back to EastEnders. I couldn't think of anything worse. Couldn't think of anywhere. Again, she can't get arrested on the outside. Cannot get arrested. A couple of little things here and there not doing well. Danny Dyer's admitted he was doing so many drugs. And one of his companies has just gone bust. So uh, he needs the work, I think. Kelly Bright's going to be playing his wife. Uh, Noreen says, Matt Goss did a swing version of When Will I Be Famous on the Strictly Results Show. Denise Welsh, so she says, uh, has left loose women. She said, I hope you're not doing too much, Des. You'll need all your stamina for Tuesday into Wednesday. Oh, don't remind me. I'm going to be on so many jelly beans for that programme. I'm going to be either as high as a kite come Wednesday morning, or failing that, I'm just going to sort of slide slowly down off the chair. Loved in conversation, loved Jane Horrocks, so down to earth. And ironically, we were to friends on Saturday, and their son had just seen filth and loved it. Well, I tell you, the one... Uh, I can't say it yet. I've signed this affidavit thing. and so I can't talk about a couple of films. We're going to be talking today for in conversation to Sir Ben Kingsley... Little does he realise he's practically going to be sitting on my lap in the studio. And then tomorrow, we've got Lee John from Imagination. Illusion. And we used to use their body talk for one of our programmes with Michael Van Stratton, if you remember back that far, as we celebrate 40 years tomorrow. And we're going to be talking to Jude Law as well, who recently got himself in a, in a green piece. I'm looking forward to talking to him. The film's great. That's all I can say. I can't say anything else. I get into trouble. And, uh, and then I think Sheila Hancock's going to come in on Wednesday. And then I shall go home and die. It'll be fairly quiet. We were going to be talking this week to James Corden, so we faffed backwards and forwards the other day. I mean, literally, if there was one email, there must have been 20 emails backwards and forwards. In the end, I agreed to go to a screening today, even though it's, it's, it was quite late for me. But uh, then and there was a whole list of interviews that he had lined up on Thursday for this new film, which I think is the Paul Potts one. 
looking at the uh, at that. Unfortunately, at the very last minute, the film company cancelled it because he's got filming commitments. So all the people who put it in the diary to go to the screening and to book the studios and everything else for the interview, all cancelled. All cancelled. Ooh, they weren't happy. They weren't happy. Daily Mirror, Beck's hero. This is David Beckham turning up uh, for uh, the uh, the awards night. Nice to see he didn't bother dressing up for it. I suppose after a while he just gets a bit bored and he just likes turning up because he likes having his picture taken. Uh, Prince William has invited one of our special winners to Buckingham Palace today. June Kelly is Pride of Britain's FA football champion for using the game to keep youngsters away from drugs, crime and gangs. So that's nice. Uh, the Beeb tracking down the uh, the lost Doctor Who series. To be honest with you, I really couldn't care less. That leaves me cold. I liked William Hartnell, but that's that's about it, I'm afraid. Uh, front of the sun this morning. More than 1,200 people have been killed by mental patients in a decade. It's emerged days after a schizophrenic was locked up for stabbing to death Christine Edkins, who was just 16. Uh, here's a, a girl today. This is uh, Lucy. It's your page three girl. I mention it because Lucy's, Lucy's a bit overweight. In fact, Lucy's quite a bit overweight. But for some reason, they put her in here and they say you can you get an all-round view. You certainly do. There's a lot of her. There's a lot of her. And there's a woman here. She oh, I didn't think she came from, from England. Her name's Sammy, spelled S-A-M-M-E-E. The real American chav spelling. And uh, apparently, she, well, she's 28 stone. And the reason is, she gets turned on by cakes. So she, uh, I mean, I quite like cheese on toast, but there's no point in bragging about it, is there? She eats a lot of cakes. And every time she looks at pastries, she goes weak at the knees. She says, when I walk into a bakery, the smell drives me wild. And I have to call my boyfriend for a little bit of, how's your father? bit tacky, isn't it, really? Which I've not mentioned the story. I feel a bit, little bit depressed. I, I get turned on by a piece of fried bread with beans on the top of it. It was James O'Brien and mine favourite food the other day. That was comfort eating, as they say. 14 minutes past six. LBC 97.3 LBC 97.3 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Well, again, pretty 18... No, it's not. It's 19 minutes past six. That nearly ruined your day, didn't it? 19 minutes past six. Run for the train. Run for the train. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Paul McCartney has fired the living caretaker of his beloved Scottish hideaway. Uh, Jimmy Patterson and his family are said to be shocked after being handed their three-month notice. He's done 20 years service. And then Paul McCartney also... This was on the, it's on the Mull of Kintyre. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's quite beautiful. Really, it's quite, quite wonderful. And there's a high park farm there. It's very simple. You know, for a man with 750 million sitting in the bank, Paul McCartney doesn't live in, you know, big palatial places. It's very simple. And then he also um, got rid of the estate manager as well, who lives in nearby Campbelltown, who's been there for 35 years in the job. Even more worried. There's, there's no... Uh, we don't know why. We can't think of it. A spokesman for Paul, Mark, called Paul McCartney declined to comment. But that's, you know, I, I thought he was... Uh, Fairly easy going. Perhaps he just decided something different. I don't know. But they used to ride ponies on their brakes. I did like the story, only because I thought it was so far-fetched. I couldn't quite believe it. That former cabinet minister, Liam Fox, has billed taxpayers three pence for a 100-yard car journey. I mean, is this, some, is this some joke or something? Apparently, the Tory MP submitted his mileage claims for the short trip in his North Somerset constituency. He made 16 expenses claims worth less than a pound in the past year, including 24 pence for a half-mile trip and 90 pence for a two-mile journey home from the cinema. Have you ever heard of it? It's so stupid. Three pence. 
Ridiculous man, honestly. Ridiculous man. Quite ridiculous. Uh, front page of the uh, Telegraph, scramble to buy the Royal Mail shares. And uh, £300 is the predicted paper profit for private investors who buy Royal Mail shares for the minimum £750 stake. That's what they're saying. So if you've got the money, put it in there. Uh, Sophie is a happy flapper. This is uh, Sophie Ellis Bexter. Uh, feed the friendly urban foxes, says a wildlife expert. This is the ridiculous Chris Packham, who comes up with pronouncements. And that's an idiot, I'm afraid. He says most city dwellers think urban foxes are a nuisance and they could live them out with them without them disturbing bins. He said you should feel free to feed them and the animals should not be demonised. He said reports about them entering houses were improbable. Well, they do. I mean, you sometimes wonder whether or not he's just particularly daft or he's playing daft. I think probably just playing daft, actually, and not doing it particularly well. This is a man who weaves in songs, isn't it, into some of his, uh, some of his broadcasting. I don't quite understand it, but uh, I'm told that's what he does. Uh, on the subject of uh, Madeline, I may be wrong, but haven't the McCann's got two other children? Didn't they hear anything? No, they, they were babies. They were asleep, fast asleep. Nobody heard anything. That's it, you see. That's what, you know... The whole Madeleine McCann story is that nobody knows anything. It's all speculation. They're assuming somebody did abduct her. They're assuming she didn't just wander off. And they're going to they're gonna try and find out. They reckon arrests are imminent. Ridiculous. David says, I hope there's a happy ending to the McCann story. Yes, we, I think everybody does. Please, could you help with getting petrol prices down? I think they've actually... Haven't they dropped? I paid one thirty eight the other day for petrol. I was delighted because only two weeks ago I paid one fifty. So I was very, very happy. And the four-court receptions can't help you because most of the garages are owned independently. They buy it. So it, just because it says Shell Garage doesn't mean Shell own it. It can be owned by an independent. <coughs> 84850. Oh, if Loose Woman was a dog, it would have been put to sleep ages ago. Oh, I still think there's a little mileage in it. They, they, they tried Loose Men. That definitely didn't work. That was definitely absolutely awful. Um, uh, another one here. Buy some Fred Perry T-shirts. Oh, no, I definitely can't buy things like that. I look like a darts player wearing Fred Perry's, I'm afraid. Um, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, this one, this is, this is quite funny, actually. <laughs> it says, you have a go at Feynman for having two jobs. You forgot to mention most radio hosts have two jobs, either voiceovers or writing columns. Oh, it's completely different. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> Don't be so daft. Uh, 84850. Macca sacking the staff. New wife syndrome, says Nadia. Oh, you might be right. I don't know. Uh, temperatures in the low 70s. Sunseekers were out the other day on the beach at Bournemouth. It's going to be good today. It's going to be good today. Very nice. The Manchester Asylum link to the jihadist held in Libya. Margaret Thatcher. Actually, there's a story in one of the papers today about how half the men in the cabinet fancied Margaret Thatcher, which is very interesting. And uh, Sebastian Foulkes, who's written a James Bond novel and a Jeeves and Wooster story, has said he's not a fan of the trend of taking on old classics. Just shows lack of imagination, doesn't it? Uh, Wanted by the UK's elite new police force, Volunteers. The new police agency, the National Crime Agency, is launching today with an appeal for the private sector to fill its skills gaps. The agency begin work today with a pledge to target 37,000 criminals linked to 5,500 gangs. Want to go down Covent Garden? There's, well, there's a story down there. Apparently, the estimated cost of fraud from organised gangs has now reached £9 billion a year. £9 billion. A storm gathering at the Winter Games. Vladimir Putin with the Olympic torch at a ceremony in Moscow. 
Is this the one where they don't want gays? They don't want gays to go there. Veritable fairyland, I should imagine. Veritable fairyland. Uh, Nigel Farage has confirmed that he will run for a seat in the House of Commons in the, uh, in the, 20, in the 2015 election and hinted he's eyeing the seat that until recently was held by Michael Howard. Uh, more on the criminal gangs. Keith Bristow said the agency will have greater powers than its predecessor in order uh, for, to get other forces to do its bidding. So they need uh, they need our help, I'm afraid. I quite like the idea of uh, Paul McCartney sacking people uh, on the instigation of his wife. I don't know, unless she's been up there and didn't like it or something. I don't know. Who knows? It's up to him who he hires and fires, isn't it? I'm assuming. It's not really up to uh, to us to, to worry about things like that. More in the papers today on um, Abby Clancy. There's barely a day goes by when we don't get a dreary Abby Clancy story or a Cara Delevingne story. It's called lazy, shoddy journalism. There's lots of X Factor stuff, but it turns out that most of them can't sing. They have no. They, they just do the usual crying. It's apparently their dream, and it's going to be absolutely marvellous. A uh, lot on the mental patients. The sick are more at risk of criminals. And there's a Sun investigation where they've looked at people who've been knifed on their doorsteps. Uh, uh, parents Bob and Elsie Crook were bludgeoned and strangled by their son Timothy, who's living with them in Swindon after being released from a psychiatric unit. Uh, there's a Casey Kearney who was stabbed in a park. Somebody was throttled after a row. There's too many of these people out there. This uh, this poor girl who was knifed on the bus, Christina, she was only 16. And the uh, the man who, who knifed her to death, a paranoid schizophrenic, Philip Simlane. And nobody appeared to, to hold their hands up and say, we were the ones who sort of signed the release form. He shouldn't have been allowed out at all. There was nobody supervising. He was mentally ill. Should have been kept locked up for the rest of his life. And although strangely, by a, a, another quirk of fate in one of the other papers today, they're saying that people like the Yorkshire Ripper shouldn't be locked up in a psychiatric unit. They're not sick. They're just, they're just nasty, violent people. He should be in a proper prison. Proper prison. But mental health is far too often spoken of in terms of aggression and violence. I mean, you, you, there can't be many of you listening who haven't walked through London and seen somebody saying something or behaving in an aggressive manner. I drove through Shepherd's Bush yesterday and there was some man. I thought he was going to walk straight into the road. He looked like he was on drugs. And uh, there was nobody around there. There's nobody to help him because there is no backup for this sort of thing. And they, they, these, these people are hugely at risk, hugely at risk from, from hurting themselves, I'm afraid. You've got a story in the paper, and I've got one coming up today. Jonathan from Jonathan and Charlotte. He's been doing self-harming. And uh, as I say, I didn't see that one coming. We have got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of some good showbiz stories coming up, including more on The Only Wears Essex and that ghastly programme. It's terrible. Uh, Steve says, Maureen, have you mentioned big fat gypsy christening? Two women uh, get two locked door of their church of the baby. They said they were late. How late, they were asked. Three hours. Yes, I saw it. Actually, this is sort of marginally better than my big fat gypsy wedding, which just appeared to be a lot of people being met coming out of prison. I didn't actually see anything interesting in the programme. It, it's run its course, I think. Uh, the, the christenings is just scraping the barrel a little bit more. So not not good enough. Listen, we'll have a free podcast for you up in around about 30 minutes this morning with all your favourite celebrities, including the fact that I'm still putting... I think I'm going to put a pound on the fact that Chantelle will have a fitness DVD out soon. She's been photographed in America running around with a huge stomach on her saying, oh, I'm really proud and all the rest. I thought, no, you're not. You're gearing up. She doesn't have a job. She's never actually done a physical day's work in her life. She is, she's, the, she's the Kerry Katona. You know, the Kerry, Katona, very needy. Chantelle, very needy. 
and so consequently she's probably going to be doing a fitness DVD, which will probably hit the shops just after Christmas. No point in doing it before Christmas, because nobody will be remotely interested. Have yourself a very nice day. We're going to get a bit more sunshine, which is good news. Bit of fog around at the moment. Keep it tuned. LBC 97.3. I'm Steve Allen, back with you tomorrow. Nick and the team with you after seven. Coming up next on LBC 97.3. It's the morning news with Lisa Aziz.